to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome everybody to episode 118 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. Uh, and welcome back to the show, folks. All you friendly faces out there that are maybe, maybe friendly, I don't know. There's probably a lot of assholes. Even if you're not, even if you got like a weird face, that's fine. <laughs> even if you have like a like a big crazy face, like the guy, like Eric Stoltz in Mask, <laughs> we love you anyway. Thank you for joining us, Rocky. Was that was that his name? Yeah, <laughs> I can't even remember that. <laughs> I was I was probably uh, I don't know maybe middle school when I saw that last. My mom loved that movie. Really? Yeah. People love that movie. Apparently. I don't know about people, plural, but my mom. <laughs> There's at least one. <laughs> yeah. uh, so how you doing, Taylor? I'm doing all right. Yeah. What's new with you? Uh, I don't know. We're in this new uh, area. This I was going to say studio. It's not, it's not a it's studio. Not a studio. It's a glorified living room. It's Yeah, it's a room in my apartment building. <laughs> But uh, Taylor's girlfriend doesn't want us in the apartment anymore, so... That's part of it, and it's much quieter in here. Yeah, I mean, unless somebody decides they want to walk in and disturb us. Yeah, they're not supposed to be able to, because I have the key, but... I mean, you do have paper signs in the door. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't stop people. Right. Uh, we could just sit here with our pants off, and then they, well, won't, we they won't stick around. We could. <clears throat> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, there was... A pain. We were going to record our Patreon video for September today, but um, someone forgot to watch the movie. Hint, it's not me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's a movie I've seen before, but again, several years ago. So I would need a refresher before I even attempt to talk about it. All right. So two weeks. You got to wait. Two weeks. <clears throat> Total Recall. How long will we be visiting Mars? Two, Two weeks. weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anything else new? Um, well, we launched our Indiegogo. We did. That is live as we speak. We got monies already. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited. I can't leave a comment on this video, but it's at, uh, if you just go to graveplotfilmfest.com, there's a link to it. That's the easiest way to describe it. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, what we've had some several, we've had a few larger donations. I mean, we don't have a lot of donors or backers, I guess. Um, but the, the donations we've gotten have been fairly large. Substantial. Yeah. So that's comforting. I mean, at least we're not sitting there at zero dollars. But I mean, you can, you can give a dollar. That's fine. If you know, if 2000 people give a dollar, that's $2,000. Yeah. But you don't get anything. No, you you get something. <laughs> you do? Yeah, I think For I. A yeah, like I'll say your name on the Twitter or something. Oh. I'll be like, thanks. Well, there's that. Thanks, guy. Thanks, homie. Home home dog. Thanks. Sli- home slice. Steve from Bermuda Belarus. or whatever. Bermuda. Why did I get. There's nobody in Bermuda that listens to this shit. Or Belarus. <laughs> I mean, probably. Hi, uh, Silas. Hey, Silas. Silas will be one of our backers indirectly. Right. <laughs> he will. He will back us. Oh, shit. What's no, happening? Be quiet. Tony is watching us. That's I was going to put. Tony joined. This is creepy. What are you doing? 
What's going on over there? Uh, what's the link for the Indiegogo? It's indiegogo.com slash projects slash the grave plot film fest with dashes in between every word. The grave dash grave dash plot, plot dash film dash fest fest not feast. Film feast. Yes. Feast on these films. There we go. Hey, look at that. Hey, now everybody can visit that link. Just click on the link in our Facebook live video. Hopefully that's right. Say my name. What are you giving out demands now? You're not our director anymore. (laughs) Should we announce the judges yet or should we wait on that? Do we have all five? We do. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of Silas Dahl, uh, he's going to be one of our judges. let's, Let's go. Let's. Have we announced our uh, selection committee yet? Yes, we have. We have. Yes. Right. Our selection committee, for those who haven't heard, is us, uh, the horror addicts, Gory B Movie and Danny Nightmare, as well as Rob Bukta, a.k.a. Krusty Bumbles the Killer Clown. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, uh, Krusty, or I guess Krusty has informally been on the show too, but Rob was on the show. He uh, he runs the makeup competition at Crypticon Seattle. Um, that's how we know him. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're very thankful for... The other three people on the selection committee. And yeah, go ahead with the judges now. Yeah, and so the selection committee are the ones that are going to decide which movies play at the festival. And then out of those movies, our judges will pick the prize winners. Uh, it's going to be Silas Dahl, who is the writer and director of They Reach, uh, as well as author Ronnie Angel, who you might may have heard on the show before. He wrote the... Uh, 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 research novels uh, slash dreams and slash dreams too and uh, the co-founders of Luchagor Productions Gigi Saul Guerrero Rainer Shima and Luke Bramley we've spoken it into existence now they have to do it <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for Rainer and Luke to be like what is this <laughs> yeah because we talked to Gigi we and- talked to Gigi and she volunteered all three of them yeah it's like should I talk to, talk to Rainer and Luke too she's like oh, I've got it <laughs> All right. Freeway. No, no. Um, but yeah, we are accepting submissions to the end of November or beginning. Beginning of November. Beginning well, of November. Uh, November 1st is the cutoff for free submissions. We are not charging any submission fees. Uh, we At this point, we kind of asked that if you wanted to submit, maybe think about giving a couple bucks to the Indiegogo. That would be a good compromise. Yeah. Uh, as of December 1st, um, or no, as of November 1st through December 1st, there will be a $10 charge to submit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then, you know, we don't have a firm date yet. It's going to depend on ultimately what our Indiegogo delivers us at mm-hmm. the end. Um, I mean, we're planning for the Arc Lodge Theater in Seattle. Um, but again, that's going to depend on our budget overall. Uh, I mean, they've been pretty helpful so far in in working with our kind of our flex budget. So we'll see what goes uh, goes on. Um, but we're really excited. Um, as far as a firm date, we don't have a, an exact date for the festival itself yet. Um, as far as the screenings, the um, end of January is what we're January, looking at. Yeah. So uh, we're very excited for that. Yeah, it's 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 uh, moving right along. Yeah, you're just itching <laughs> to sing the song, are you? Um, yeah, yeah. Tony, watch Turbo Kid. 
Silas says. Hey, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> um, cool. So, yeah, uh, I went to Frank Turner last night. That was fun. Yeah. I'm wearing a Frank Turner shirt. I see that. Um, that guy puts on one hell of a show, you know? Yeah. I remember that one time we went and saw him. He was real good. Yeah, he, was, he opened up for um, Dropkick Murphys. Who else played there? What, last night? No, 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 when, when we saw them. No, he opened for Flogging Molly. Sorry, that's what I meant. Flogging Molly. Um, and uh, and the guy from Hot Water Music. That's right. I couldn't remember who else was there. Uh, that was pretty sweet. And, uh, I mean, yeah, he puts on a really good show. His songs are just awesome. I mean, they kind of vary in very folksy-sounding to, you know, kind of ballady. But then he also makes, like, a lot of, like, punk sound yeah. music because he i mean his his background like when he first got into music was hardcore like hardcore punk so i mean his sound style while it's it all very distinctly him fluctuates is from song to song so yeah um he's got a little bit of everything for some for a little everyone? bit of something for everyone there we go everything for everyone yeah um oh <laughs> did you see that picture i posted on facebook of my water bill yes yeah so for those of you not in the know uh, there was, so I started getting notices on my door, like for like three months straight from my uh, utility company telling me that there was, my meter was reading as there being a leak somewhere in my home. I, for, you know, every month that I got one, I checked high and low for a leak somewhere and could not find one. And then I was out mowing the lawn and s- stepped in the leak. So like my water main was leaking into my front yard. And, um, oops, sorry. You know, it's like, I don't, I, I don't know plumbing. Like, I can figure out how to do a lot of things, but plumbing is just something I've never gotten involved with. Um, and, uh, so I, I mean, I'll try to keep this story short. So I, I finally dug it up, um, you know, because we had, we, I either had the show to deal with or when we were getting smoked out by those wildfires and it's like, there's no way I was going to be out all day digging up a hole. Um, or rain or just insanely hot days, just something was stopping me from getting out there and digging up this damn hole. So last Saturday was finally like the perfect day. It's like mid seventies, sunny, nothing else to do. Like I made no plans for the weekend. I'm like, this is what I'm doing and I'm not doing a damn thing, a damn other thing until this is done. So I get out there on Saturday. I had already bought all the stuff to fix the, uh, the leak. And you know, I get... I've got galvanized pipe in my house. It's it's an old house, so it's just old piping. But, you know, because there's galvanized pipe in the house, I expected there to be galvanized for the water main, too. So I finally dig down deep enough, which was like four feet <laughs> into my front yard, and find the pipe, find the leak, discover, hey, it's not galvanized pipe. It's polyethylene. But I didn't know it was polyethylene at first, so I went and bought stuff to fix PVC. I bought stuff to fix ABS. And then I finally go to Home Depot for like the fifth or sixth time, find somebody in the plumbing department that, hey, actually knows something about plumbing. (laughs) And uh, he's like, I'm describing the problem. He's like, that sounds more like polyethylene. I'm like, you know what? Maybe it is. Sure. I'll take your word for it. So I went and I bought some uh, new piece of uh, pipe to, to put in. And some fittings, and I cut out the old piece, and it all went back together. Um, it took me a few tries cutting a new piece because I had to get it like 
So, I mean, you've got two ends, two open ends of a pipe underground that aren't going anywhere. Right. They're fixed. <laughs> the only thing that could possibly give is the new piece of pipe that I'm, or piece of hose, essentially, that I'm putting in. So I'm trying to figure out how to get these fittings. Like, they have, like, a grooved edges on each end. So you slide it into one side, and then you slide it in the other and put hose clamps on it. I'm trying to get that in to two ends of a fixed pipe along with the the end uh, the ends of the new piece I'm putting in and it's got to fit like perfectly. Yeah. Cuz I tried to cut two different ends that were like a little shorter than they probably should have been um but you know able for me to get it wedged in there and it would leak. So I had to get it like just right and then I finally got it all in there and it seemed like it was not leaking. I covered up, covered it up for the night and went and checked it. And it, like I went and checked it in the morning and it was wet. Like there wasn't like puddling. It wasn't filling up the hole, but like underneath the fittings I just put in, it was wet. So I just got my impact driver and uh, just wrenched down those hose clamps as tight <laughs> as they'd go. Um, like to a point where I was almost scared I was going to crack the fittings because they were just plastic. And I left it for like 15 minutes and went back out and checked they were dry. So I just buried it up. So here's hoping, but yeah. So, I mean, this is a long, long way to the story, but I got my water bill from my utility company and it was almost $1,500 for like the last two months. That's crazy. I, I was flabbergasted. I'd never seen a water bill that high. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, uh, we don't have sewage cause we have a septic tank. So all we pay for is water. So I've never seen a water bill higher than like 60 bucks. Right. So I was just blown away. Like I could not believe what I was seeing. Um, and even people with sewage, like they pay like two, $300, you know, every two months. So like, so I had, I had to fill out this form through my utility company for a leak adjustment. Um, so in theory, they're going to take a look at my usage over the last year and uh, compare it with the overrun. I think to probably just try and see, was I actually wasting water or was it just a leak that yeah. had to be tended to? I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's happens. been a significant leak. It wasn't even that bad. I mean, at least from what I could tell. Uh, I mean, it was you know leaking up you know through four feet of soil up into my front yard and kind of starting to puddle a little, little bit. But it had been going for like, I don't know, three months. Yeah. Maybe because yeah, I mean, in that time, I'm trying to find the fucking leak, right? <laughs> um, but uh, you know, even when I dug it up, I had turned the water off so I didn't actually hit the pipe and you know just have water spraying everywhere. But when I finally dug it up, I turned the water back on to see exactly where the leak was, and it was like a like a two inch crack in the bottom of this hose. <laughs> so, you know. However long that had been going on, you know, you figure you got soil packed in around it, so it's not just spraying everywhere. Yeah. It's saturating the ground, obviously. But anyway, so yeah. Fifteen almost a fifteen hundred dollar water bill that I get to figure out. On top of I just discovered that my dog cracked one of his teeth like oh, Jesus an, another one. He did this like a a little over a year ago. Um we had to have his a tooth pulled because he cracked it on uh, some toy that he's playing with. 
That little idiot. Yeah, and I don't even know what he would have cracked it on this time because we stopped giving him hard toys. So I am just baffled. But that's another bill that we have to pay. So life and times of Tony. Hey, fun times. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, cool. Yeah. Stuff is awesome. Anyway, anything else you want to talk about? Um, you know, I thought about doing a news story on this, but there's really not a lot of news about it. But have you see, heard the story about the Predator? Uh, I mean, they're going back to the editing room. What? They're cutting this guy out because they just found out oh, he's a registered sex offender. That. It, yeah. It, apparently, he's a friend of Shane Black. Yeah. So it's like you'd think he would have known going he into it. He did know. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. And Fox was like, hey, dude, that's fucked up. Hey, what are you doing? And Fox, they made a statement saying that, like, there's things in place where they're not allowed to do background checks on actors. Because like, like, of the union? I, they said it's some kind of legal thing. I don't know if it's a union deal or what, but that seems like a huge problem. It does, yeah. Every other job in the world, you do a background check. I don't understand why actors should be exempt. That seems crazy. I mean... It also explains a lot. Yeah. As far as all the, you know, lecherous behavior in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just, you know, thought that was fucked up. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, all this shit going on in Hollywood nowadays. I mean, actually, I mean, it's been going on for a long time. It's just now it's, being yeah, the, the Me Too called movement attention to. and all um, that time's up. And But the fact that now that it's out in the public eye, you know, it's being, you know, it, it's, it's having a spotlight shined on it and like people are so aware of it now. That it could still possibly be going on. It is just confounding. Yeah. And Olivia Munn is the one that like had to find out and be like, I don't want to share the screen with this guy. Because apparently like most of his scenes were with her. Yeah, he'd uh, been <clears throat> hitting on her. Or yeah, he was like a neighbor or something that was hitting on her. So yeah, just just fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> And it was like he was diddling kids or something, too. Yeah, and he was, like, convicted. I mean, did you say that already? Yeah, he's like he's a registered sex offender. Yeah. Fucking Christ. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, that's all I got. Neat. All right, well, you know, we're, what, almost 20 minutes into the show. <laughs> so I think it's maybe time to thank our Patreon patrons. Oh, right. <laughs> Those people. Yes, we people have... A, who we aren't giving them their content yet. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, but, you know, we are very thankful to a handful of folks that like to give us money every month to help this show continue. Um, well, continue as it does. Yeah. We do have costs. And, you know, most of them we're happy to pay out of pocket because we do the show for us, ultimately. But, um, you know, to keep the show... Like, as great a quality as we possibly can, um, these people like to contribute and help us out with the with the uh, the bills that come up every month or two. Um, but those special people are Kevin Nesgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, Max Zaleski, and Aaron Meyer. So thank you very much, guys. Um, we really appreciate it. Taylor, 
If anyone else would like to join this lovely bunch, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. For as little as $1, we have uh, things like exclusive content, uh, you know, obviously getting your name on the show, uh, and any other bonus material that we come up with. There's going to be... Boner material. Tony's got something something new coming down the pike that's probably going to come probably be on patreon for early access or something and yeah yeah um i'll as soon as i can figure out the logistics of it i'll i'll announce it um or maybe just drop it by surprise who knows yeah we'll see how it works out um but i'm pretty excited about it um things are happening (laughs) um so keep an eye out um, and for a hundred bucks, Taylor's going to get a fat unicorn tattoo. Oh yeah. Ass. That's, that's still, a that's thing. a thing. <laughs> I'm, I've run out of gross things for him to do. Good. <laughs> I mean, for now I'm constantly coming up with new material though. Okay. Just, just not today. Can't wait. Uh, cool. So how about without any further ado, we start out with some horror business. Let's shall do. All right, starting out with some real-world horror, um, why don't we take a trip down to uh, the city by the bay. Journey. No, I got it. San Francisco. It should have been gone <laughs> long ago. Um, so inside of the fish tank of a man in San Francisco, uh, officers found human remains. Um. In sorry, 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 sorry. I, I misread that. Um, in a fish tank were found the remains of a man in San Francisco, uh, found by officers on August 17th. And they're currently waiting on the, an autopsy to identify the person. Um, so that's a good start. <laughs> I mean, this is a personal fish tank, right? In a person's home? Yeah. Yeah. That's... Weird. <laughs> was there a fish in it at the time? I mean, if there's no fish in it, it's just a tank. <laughs> I guess. I think the existence of fish makes it a fish tank. So is it a, it was it a piranha? Maybe. Maybe it was a piranha. Just ate, the, ate them. Can you even own piranhas? I don't know. Dwight did. <laughs> Dwight. <laughs> yeah. I guess Dwight is the, uh, the litmus test. No, that's not the right term. The... Never mind. <laughs> um, the body was found in the home of Brian Egg, who's a 65-year-old man, um, who was reported... Wait. Yeah, you're right. What's going on here? So, wait. Brian Egg was missing as well? I, I, I'm kind of assuming that the body is Brian Egg. But it says it was found in the home of... Yeah, I think it, it was in his home. <laughs> okay. Man, this is starting to sound like a mob hit. Uh, okay, well, the body was found in the home of Brian Egg, who is a 65-year-old man, reported missing in late July after his family and friends hadn't had contact with him since June. Uh, this is all coming from Commander Greg McEarn of, I assume, the San Francisco Police Department? Probably. Um... On the night of August 14th, neighbors called police after they noticed crime scene tape around Egg's home and a private crime scene cleaner and a stranger outside. Responding officers reported a strong decaying odor and cleaning supplies inside 
and arrested the stranger, Robert McCaffrey, 52, on suspicion of homicide, identity, or suspicion of homicide, identity theft, and other charges. I think those are probably the big ones. And murder. Murder, most foul. I mean, that's homicide. Well, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to say murder like that. Murder. Um, yeah, this is weird. I mean, this is... Yeah, like, like you said, it, it kind of does sound like a mob hit. Especially since they had like their own private crime scene cleanup out there. Right? I mean, so this is in a man's home. It doesn't say that the body was necessarily chopped, like it chopped up into pieces. There's just human remains found in the fish tank. I mean, how else would you get it in there? I don't know. But I mean, yeah, the mob, they would cut you up and get rid of the evidence, but they wouldn't just dump it in a fish tank. They'd and leave it in your home, assuming yeah. that this is the body of this Brian Egg. But I mean, you know, a lot of the mob has cleaners. Like they have people that are like trained, not trained, but they have a, they have a certain set of skills. Right. <laughs> um, you know, probably some of them were crime seed cleaners at one point or another. Could be. Um, yeah. Uh, so investigators returned the next day uh, after they arrested McCaffrey. Uh, with a search warrant and dogs trained in finding bodies. Uh, after two days of searching the house, they found the body stuffed in a fish tank in a concealed part of the home. Who was this guy? Uh, maybe he's a mobster. I mean, if he's got a fish tank in a concealed part of his home big enough to fit his body in, that sounds weird, right? I mean, that's it's, weird. It's, it's weird. <laughs> um, you know, I don't want to jump to any conclusions here but just saying that's weird <laughs> it's it's peculiar yeah it's curious indeed um police also arrested lance silva uh who was also booked on suspicion of homicide and identity theft this is i mean th this sounds like a mob hit to me like I, I can't imagine it being anything else very very possible or you know maybe maybe not it's necessarily like an organized like like the Italian or Russian mafia or like the cartel or something just a very like well organized crime hit of yeah. one sort or another <laughs> yeah uh but usually shit like this only comes from some kind of organized crime family <laughs> usually it's creepy it's quite creepy this is like shit you see in movies. I know, like this makes me think of Breaking Bad. Yeah, which I've been watching lately. Have you? Yeah, I forgot that the show's really good. I know. I kind of want to go through it again. Yeah, I started watching it just on a whim um, last week. They watch really quick. Like, yeah, I mean, like I, I feel like I just started it, and I'm already in season three. Oh wow! And there's only five seasons. Right. I do remember the last season being kind of shit, though. Yeah. I mean. I think it's been long enough to we talk about how Breaking Bad uh, and Dexter both end. Just be, they kind of ran at around the same time. I feel like they ended roughly around the same time too. But you know, they both ended with their main characters just not in the best of condition. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Walt gets Walt. I mean, sorry guys if you haven't watched it, but Walt, you find out his cancer came back. And so he goes to try and steal his, or he stopped like people who'd stolen his formula. 
and he ends up getting shot to death. Mm -hmm. And then Dexter, like everyone close to him, like dies or leaves him. And then he like disappears up into Canada and and he's a logger now. Just like living this solitary life. It's just really fucking depressing on both shows. Yeah. So, I mean, both of those final seasons are just not great, especially because these people that you've watched so, you know, you've been dedicated to these characters for so long that you just see them, like, have these shitty ends. It's just like, that's lame. I mean, that was the only way Breaking Bad could have ended, though. I guess. Like, you knew that, that Walt had to die. Yeah, I mean, especially because he had cancer again, so. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Creepy stuff in San Francisco, guys. Yeah. This is not the San Francisco treat. Boo. Boo. I didn't didn't think I was going to work. I was going to try it anyway, though. All right. Want to talk about something else? Yes. You know, a lot of people write me and say, hey, Joe Bob Briggs, just what is Monster Vision? You don't need no special glasses or an insect's head. Just a healthy love for slime and disrespect for the dead. We'll talk about some movies by the old double wide. Uh, like, let's talk about the fact that Shudder is, once again, bringing back fucking Joe Bob Briggs. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, Shudder's bringing him back for two specials over the next two months. A Thanksgiving and a Christmas special. First up is going to be the Dinners of Death for Thanksgiving. And then a very Joe Bob Christmas. I'm so fucking amped for this. <laughs> uh, the Dinners of Death is going to air on November 22nd, and a very Joe Bob Christmas will be on December 21st. See, that's Thanksgiving, right? Is November 22nd Thanksgiving? I believe so. <clears throat> that would make sense, because it is Thursday. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joe yep. Bob, the man himself, says... In November, we're turning Black Friday into Red Thursday with the best deadly dinner movies in history. And in December, we have a very special way to fill that void felt by American households ever since ABC stopped airing the Nestor the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey Claymation special. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's that's so Joe Bob. <laughs> Just making this tiny thought into this long, drawn-out thing. Yeah, and bringing up an obscure reference. Right. <laughs> Uh, Shutter GM Craig Engler says the response to our first marathon was overwhelming and we can't think of a better gift for our members than to bring Joe Bob back for the holidays. We've been hard at work with Joe Bob and his team to make these new marathons unforgettable events and we have even bigger plans for 2019. Tell me more. Uh, These bigger plans include a full-on, ongoing, regular Joe Bob series. Oops, sorry. You just peek like a motherfucker. I do it. I peek all the time. I haven't even begun to peek. <laughs> You're going to know when I peek. I'm going to peek all over the place. <laughs> uh, details for the new series will be announced sometime in early 2019. But, I mean, it's going to be Joe Bob on Shutter all the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know it, how much talking into it they had to do, or talking him into it they had to do. Or how much convincing, because it seemed like he... Joe Bob on TV is more or less just him, but he is playing sort of a character. Um, And at least that character basically implied, it's like, okay, this is the last time I'm doing it. That's it. 
But I mean, obviously that, that wasn't it because <laughs> we're going to be getting at least another year of, of Joe Bob, which yeah. is just fucking fantastic. But I wonder how, how they talked him into it, assuming they had to. I don't know. Maybe he just got like, he had so much fun doing it again. He was just like, could be. Yeah, just reignited his passion. Yeah. And maybe he's like, I like money. That, I mean, yeah, that's probably. <laughs> I mean, I like money. Who doesn't like money? Uh, socialists. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I couldn't be more excited. You know, I, once all the bugs were worked out with the last drive-in, I had a great time. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the fact that because it got so buggy, they actually, Shutter actually just put the whole um, marathon on on demand to watch yeah. at any given time. It's even more awesome because you can just go back and rewatch. It's like watching Monster Vision. And Shutter is actually giving away a free year. Um Joe Bob tweeted out a, a promo code the other day for a, a free year for new members. So if you don't have Shutter, go get a fucking free year and you can watch Joe Bob all Shit. the time. I should just get a new membership and just sign up with a different email. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if you guys, yeah, go sign up for Shutter. Um, I mean, you might there might be some youngins out there, probably not. I think most of our crowd is probably around our age bracket but if you're a young kid and you've never watched monster vision get your get, get your mommy and daddy give you their credit card <laughs> go get a shutter membership and go watch last drive-in it's it's amazing like uh i mean you know you watch these great movies and uncut which is something you didn't really see on like tnt um moron was That's cinemax point, yeah. yeah i mean like on was it cinemax or showtime that Did he you say skinemax the first time I said Skinamax. Okay, sound like maybe Skinamax. I said Skinamax. I don't know. <laughs> I think you might have subconsciously said Skinamax. <laughs> I mean, that's how we all know it. It's, it's, yeah. it's Skinamax. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, TNT. You didn't see the uncut movies. Yeah, on Shutter, you did, along with Joe Bob's commentary, um, which is both funny and informative because he knows just a lot. He knows a lot of useless shit, like stuff that you know you might hear from people like us that just know shit about behind-the-scenes stuff about movies that nobody really cares about, but it's just fascinating to know. Um, Joe Bob is just a wealth of knowledge because he's had such a long career. He knows so many people in the industry. He's known so many people in the industry over the years that it's just it's fascinating to listen to him talk. Um, so, uh, yeah, go check it out and get hype for more Joe Bob next year. Yeah. Well, this year even, but it's going to be awesome. I wonder what they're going to call the show. Last last driving? The last last driving? No, just last driving. Uh, maybe. I mean, I, could, I think it could be a fitting name because there aren't many drivings left in the world. That's a good point. World. <laughs> um, like, God, the closest driving to us is, well, from here where you are, like, it's probably a good hour and a half drive. Yeah. At least. I mean, from us, you know, further down south, it's about 45 minutes. Um, anyway, cool. Joba. Yay. Don't ever laugh as a hearse goes by, for you may be the next to die. They wrap you up in a big white sheet from your head down to your feet. <laughs>
So we talked before um, about the film adaptation of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which we're both really excited for. Um, you know, the thing about Scary Stories is a lot of stuff, it's, um, they weren't necessarily original stories. A lot of folklore kind of told with a little bit of a spin on it. Um, but that's okay because we'll watch it in a film form anyway. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we all know that no, nobody read Scary Stories Till in the Dark for the stories, really. It was all about that that artwork. Right. Which was tragically changed at some point. Oh, God, that new artwork was so bad. It was bad, bad, It was bad. fucking Disney shit. And nobody really knew why. I mean, they tried to pass it off as like trying to be less grim or something. I think so, yeah. Um, and basically, everyone's just like, nah. Nah, dude, that's bullshit. Yeah. Like, F- fuck yourself and fuck your fuck your new art. And fuck your grandma. <laughs> sure. I have that to shit was iconic. Oh, I know. It's like anybody, I think, probably maybe even five years older than us and maybe as young as like 10 years younger than us knows that art. Oh, yeah. That's iconic. Um, people, you know, people get it tattooed on themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I saw somebody like they're making making like a uh, little package dolls. Yeah, of, I saw that of, too. Of the artwork. Um, but like I said, several years ago, the art was changed in the books, and I have to imagine their sales plummeted. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. If people are even still buying most of the books, because I think my wife found a couple copies of the. Like, she got the first one and the third one at like a half price books or something like that. Oh, nice. I think they're worth some money now. Are they? I think. Don't quote me on that. But... <laughs> Hashtag no fact checks. Well, the books have gone back, since gone back to the original artwork. Um, but as far as it goes with the um, uh, Scary Stories film, uh, the, let's see. What's the BMD? Uh, Birth Movies Death. It's a website. Okay. Um, all right. Well. Okay. So, so birth movies, death. Uh, uh, God damn it. I can't talk. Birth movie, movies, deaths. Scott Wampler. Or Wampler. Wampler. <laughs> sure he's never heard that before. <laughs> um, he asked... Uh, Guillermo del Toro, who is producing, yeah, um, just flat out, are you going to um, be true and recreate the original artwork from the books? And just a simple answer from GDT, yes. So you cocks out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is very encouraging. Dope. Uh, the script for the film. Uh, features several references to the memorable stories. Uh, a couple of references mentioned by the by Collider included the human scarecrow from the story Harold, which I think is probably one of the most familiar stories. Yeah, I think I think if you were to ask most people what their favorite scary story story was, um, they'd probably tell you Harold, like even if they didn't know it by name. Yeah, it's, it might say like the scarecrow. The scarecrow one, but, yeah. One, yeah. Um, and uh, also uh, a story of the, about the red spot, 
which you might recall was the one with the girl who thought she had a, a pimple. It turned out to be an uh, spider egg sack under underneath her skin, which just that shit happens, man. It it does happen. Yeah, that's nasty. <laughs> um, I mean, probably not here in America because we don't have probably not as much. Yeah, yeah, we don't. I don't think we really have spider breed. Not breeds. That's not the right word. Spider. All I can think species? is species. Species, thank you. Um, subspecies. Yeah. Like the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, it wasn't about spiders at all. Right. I watched Arachnophobia the other day. <laughs> You're getting off topic. Oh, I know. I, I do that. But I was watching my spider, or my wife hates spiders. Like she's terrified of them. And I was watching Arachnophobia. And she, she came out of the bedroom in the morning and I was watching it. And she's like, Why no. would you watch this movie? I'm like, why not? Or no, sorry. I was watching it when she came home from work. And I had started it like five minutes before she got home, so she had to sit through the whole movie. <laughs> She's like, why would you watch this? You know I wouldn't want to see this. I'm like, I was already watching when you got home. Anyway, so... Uh, let's see. Are these stories from the movie? That's, is that what I'm getting? Uh, Stella, uh, who's played by Zoe Coletti, who is a young girl who's still haunted by her mother's disappearance on the Halloween. The young girl. <laughs> the young girl. Uh, haunted by her mother's disappearance on Halloween night, an incident that she suspects her father knows more about than he lets on. Uh, years later, Stella and her friends are involved in a Halloween prank gone wrong, but they are really at. F- but are they really at fault, or who was the work of a... God damn. Or was it the work of a vengeful spirit? A female ghost who uses her scary stories to come after the teens when they begin to investigate the disappearance of several children. It's directed by Andre Ovredal, which is which is sweet. That's awesome. I mean, uh, anybody who hasn't seen Troll Hunter or the Autopsy of Jane Doe, go go, go watch. Do. Those are both on Netflix, or at least they were. Are they? I know Troll Hunter was. I didn't know if Jane Doe was. I think Jane Doe is on mm. Amazon, though. Or maybe it's Shudder. One of the two. Find it. It's, watch it. It's somewhere available for you to watch, probably for free. So do. Watch both of them. The guy is uh, is a great director. Both both of those films that I've seen from him have been great. So, um, I'm having a hard time visualizing this art in a 3D medium. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like the red spot, not so much. I could, you know, picture somebody with their face all fucked up and like, you know, picking at a spot and the spiders crawl out or something. Sure. But I'm thinking about like, I mean, even Harold, I guess is, but just trying to visualize that style in a real world scenario is really difficult for me. No, well, I mean, I have to imagine there's a way to, for it to be done either through camera tricks or, or, or whatever, because you think of like something like, um. Sin City, where they recaptured the art of the original comics, like perfectly. Yeah, um, I mean that that black and white, very stark contrast. Not even a lot of grays, just black blacks and whites. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean they, they recaptured that on film, and I think probably a lot of people said kind of the same thing. It's like, how are they going to capture that? in a film medium. Yeah. 
and I mean, I'm sure there's a way for it to be done. And you think of something like, I mean, I know GDT is not directing it, but he's a guy that I, I would trust to do something like that. Right. Cause his movies are always so visually striking. Yeah. And you think of something like, um, like mama. Yeah. Where, um, you know, even though it was just, I don't think mama was a good movie and the, the visual effects were just a little too computer generated for me. Um, the the look of Mama the Ghost, I think that style translates well to the art for this book. Yeah, I suppose. I'm so, wondering what the uh, what the age bracket's going to be here. It's hard to say. I mean, because I, I don't know. Are we talking about? Um, are you afraid of the dark? No, but we can bring that up now. Okay. Well, you know, it was recently announced that Are You Afraid of the Dark is going to be a movie geared towards young adults. Yeah. Um, not towards people our age. <clears throat> the people Which, who watch the show. Yeah, I mean, you know, we had a back and forth about that. I think that makes sense. I mean, yeah. I'm torn on it. Like, I get it that it was a kid's show, so you're sticking in that vein. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like like the world has changed so much since that show was on. But, I mean, I guess, you know, in the world of horror, not much really ever changes. Yeah. I mean, you think of, like, um, did you watch the Goosebumps TV show? Yeah. Okay, so the Goosebumps TV show compared to the Goosebumps movie Goosebumps, the TV show, like of Are You Afraid of the Dark, was corny as shit. I mean, it was kind of creepy if you were a kid, but to go back and look at it now, it's super fucking corny. Yeah. Whereas the Goosebumps movie was not corny. It was actually really, really well done. And even though it was geared towards children, it was still a pretty good movie as far as like, you know, maybe like family-friendly horror goes. Sure. Um. And I mean, I imagine that's probably they're probably taking a lot of hints from the Goosebumps movie. Oh, I'm sure. This, Um, but I mean, Are You Afraid of the Dark? It's still it's going to feature the same formula. It's going to be a story, or is it going to be an anthology? No, it's going to be one story. One story told by the Midnight Midnight Society Society. around the campfire. Yeah, and it's it's an original story. Right. It's not going to be something you've seen on the show before. From uh, Gary Doberman, who wrote it. Right. but, uh, you know, I, I think even if this is geared towards kids, um, I don't think it's going to be a huge issue. But I don't think they're going to gear it towards little kids. I think Oh, no, maybe, certainly not. Maybe young teenagers at least. Yeah. Because, I mean, that book, the art in that book is very grim, and so are the stories. Yeah. So, I mean, there, you can only knock it down so much before you just start losing the uh the theme of the story and i don't think gdt will have they'll let that happen so high hopes yeah same So we all know that Fangoria is back. It went on a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, the website no longer exists, though. It's back solely in magazine form. Really? Yeah. If you go to the website, the only thing there is like subscribe to the magazine. That's interesting. Yeah. That seems backwards. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, you know, there's that nostalgia factor that's so big right now. Well, you know, people just, I mean, for... What seems like decades now, people just say print is dead. Yeah. So I mean, for for a company to 
exclusively deal in in print. That seems strange. It's interesting. It's it's a bold strategy, <laughs> Cotton. <laughs> uh, but apparently, whoever is running Fango now has tons of money, and they're looking to finance some uh, some new mediums, including a, a series. I'm not sure what where this is going to be, but it's called Ghoul Gang Slumber Party. Uh, it's described as a feminist ghost hunting reality comedy. It's from Suki Rose Simakis and April Wolf. Do you, Suki Rose Simakis? That seem that sounds like a familiar name. Do you recognize that at all? I don't think so. Hmm. Okay. Uh, but yeah, those two created this show, and it's going to be co-hosted by Wolf as well as Danny Fernandez and one Barbara Crampton. Woo, Babs, yep. heard of her? <laughs> Uh, the concept involves four women brave enough to spend the night in a famous haunted house while getting tipsy on wine, communicating with the spirits, and learning about witchy traditions. Witchy woman. That's the theme song. Is it? I don't know. It should be. <laughs> uh, it's described as a comedy that encompasses the hilarity of childhood sleepovers with the likes of Queer Eye and Drunk History with ghosts. <laughs> All right. Um Apparently, it's also going to have guest stars, and the first one is going to be comedian Jamie Loftus. I don't know that person. I don't either, but I'm guessing she's a comedian. Neat. Um, yeah, she didn't, like, I, nothing I recognize. I don't know, but her Twitter handle is RuPaul Pumpkin. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, uh, that's, that's cool. Uh how is this going to be? Is this going to be like an online series? Or they... That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know if they're just like going to make it and shop it around or if like Fango's going to have its own streaming service or something. Or... It's a bold strategy, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, streaming seems like the way to go nowadays. I mean, well, yeah. trying to, even trying to shop something to a, to a network anymore is just seems like a lost cause and i imagine you know having fango's name attached to it is going to give it some clout with the horror community right so yeah. i could see like shutter picking it up or something yeah it's mean, it's totally possible but uh we'll, we'll see what happens yeah. is this something you would be interested in i mean does this sound like something you might be interested in <laughs> I, I it sounds like something i'd maybe give a chance give a chance to um so, so it's a reality show, right? That's what I'm getting. It's it says it's a reality comedy, ghost hunting reality comedy. Well, I just like it says with the likes of Queer Eye and Drunk History, those shows are nothing alike. So no. I don't, I don't <laughs> understand the relation. I'm having a hard time finding a midpoint there. Um, other than you know, just a bunch of like as as opposed to a bunch of sassy gay guys, just sassy women. Getting tipsy on wine. Right. Because women be drinking wine. <laughs> Spodiote. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, you know, Babs. Sure. But is she actually going to be in it? Yeah, she's one of the hosts. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought she was just involved uh, creatively, not necessarily in the show. Oh, wait. Okay. I saw a bunch of posts about this. I see. Um, there Now he's catching up. Yeah, sorry. I was trying to investigate other things while we were talking about this. Uh, okay, yeah, I saw some, like I think, Instagram posts about this. Um, 
didn't really know what it was. Like I kept seeing the name. Now, like now, now the name rings a bell. And but I had no idea what it was. I thought it was maybe uh, a movie that they were shooting. But. Okay, so this says the series features four women who spend the night in a famous haunted abode where they bond over wine, conjuring spirits, as well as learning about witchcraft. So, so they they are going to try and ghost hunt, but like. Is it, so is is it a reality show that's, or is it fictional? I'm getting that it's a reality show. It's it kind of sounds like scary sleepover with I, women. I would rather watch a, a scripted show. Me too. I I have no interest in a reality show. Especially if they're going to be ghost hunting cuz like what are the odds that they're going to see anything? None because his ghosts don't exist unless Zach Baggins comes on, right, with his jinkos. Yeah, cuz then he'll just be like, "Oh, I scratched my back." <laughs> Ghosts love scratching that dude's back. Oh yeah, they do. Um, I swear, like before every episode, he just has some like production assistant just scratch up his back before they. Uh, maybe his take. woman just has like freaky sex, and he just wants to show it off every episode. <laughs> I swear, this totally isn't from sex I had last night. <laughs> Cut. It so is. <laughs> totally nailed her, bro. <laughs> It's not even the way he talks, <laughs> but that's the way he looks like he talks. <laughs> anyway, um, no, I don't see if it, the fact that it's a reality show, uh, I lose interest because I don't believe in ghosts. Uh, and so any instance of real ghost hunting um, is just nonsense to me. If it was scripted in a fictional setting where it's like, you know, projected as maybe like a f- fake reality show like a like a mockumentary type thing or if it's like celebrity ghost hunters i've never watched that oh it's hilarious because they're they're celebrities so they don't know what the fuck they're doing so like every time they hear a bump they freak out and <laughs> gary Busey was the best cuz he was just screaming at ghosts cuz he's gary busey cuz he's gary busey he's just like oh kick your ass <laughs> it's like no you won't it's a ghost. You're not going <laughs> to fight a ghost. What are you doing? <laughs> Crazy old bastard. <laughs> All right. Well, is it, if this is of interest to you, uh, I suggest you probably at the very least follow Fangoria um, on any of the social networks because they have been posting pretty actively about this. So Yeah. And go follow Babs. Of course. At Babs Crampton. <laughs> yeah. That's her name. <laughs> So we've got a Suspiria remake on the horizon. Um, I, don't, I can't even remember exactly when it's coming out. Do you? Uh, November. That sounds right. I think. I think either late October or early November. Okay, we're, I know we're going to be talking about it on the show. Yeah. Uh, after October Rama, which is coming up, guys. Yeah, October's going to be nuts. It's going to be so nutty. It's going to be stupid. <laughs> I'm going to be so fucking busy in October. Oh, yeah, because you're going... Wait, no, you're not going anywhere. I'm going to Disney. Oh, that's right. Okay. Plus, I've got Without a Cause in October. <sighs> Plus, I'm going to the Pumpkin Beer Festival. That's Plus, the- we're going to Evil Dead the Musical. Oh, I forgot about that. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And Alkaline Trio. And Alkaline Trio. Woo! And October Rama. 
a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's going to be silly. <laughs> um, anyway, so Suspiria is coming out. Uh, has not been released yet. Did you see apparently the writer was like, yeah, I, I hate that fucking movie. The original? Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> I was like, why would you sign on to write a remake <laughs> then? What the fuck? Well, for, I mean, from what I've seen in the trailers, like the remake looks like it has very little to do with the original. True. Um, apparently the director like loves the original. Which strikes me, again, strikes me as weird because the remake looks like it has little to do with Yeah, the it doesn't have that like Dario Argento flash to it. Yeah. And you know, it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be real right now. I love Argento, but I am not a Suspiria fan. Like, I'll, I'll watch it, but it's not something I can, like, people will sit there and watch that multiple times in a year. Like, I'm good watching that, like, every couple of years see i've only seen it once really and it was like right when i first started really getting into horror mm-hmm. and so of course you know everyone was like oh you got to see suspiria and so i watched it Do and, you? and i was like i don't think i'm ready for this <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't understand what's going I, on here I, I don't know this isn't me i just you know everybody talks about like people that just live and die by that movie just say oh it's you know, it's so terrifying, and you know, it's some of Argento's best best work. It's like, it really isn't. <laughs> I mean, the story is like, I, I think calling it complex would be giving it too much credit. It's just confusing and and kind of nonsense. See, I need I need to go back and watch it now that I'm actually like in the genre. I actually know what the fuck horror is, <laughs> and I'm not just like, yeah, dead shit. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it had been several years since I watched it, uh, and I think I watched it a couple years ago, and it's just like, it was just the same, I had the same thoughts that I had already had about it. It's just like, I, this is just not good. Like, I don't, I don't care for it. I don't, I don't really give a shit about what's going on, and it's just, it's overdone. There's just, yeah, anyway. But, I mean, I know that's an unpopular opinion, but if you have a problem with it, uh, you can send your complaints up your own ass. Um, Just take take your complaint and write it on a piece of paper, fold it three times, put it in an envelope, and shove it up your butt. <laughs> Remember on The Office when Stanley started telling everybody to shove things up their butt? Right. That was my favorite Stanley. <laughs> that was Stanley Unleashed. <laughs> Stanley Raw. <laughs> Anyway, so back to the point here. Um, so Suspiria, the remake, has not been released yet, but there's already talks of Suspiria 2, which was not formally a thing. Even though Suspiria is 152 minutes. That's, That's so, so many long. minutes. That's too many minutes. Oh, November 2nd. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> um, that is two and a half hours. Like, the original isn't that long. No. And to 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 make a movie that long, or to make a remake of a movie that long that wasn't even close to that long in the original? The original is 100 minutes. Okay, so not even an hour and a half. Well, no, just over an hour and a half. Yeah, one hour, 40 minutes. Um, yeah, that's that's like self-indulgence. That's like smelling your own farts, yeah. making a movie that long. This is one and a half times <laughs> as long. So 
Oh, I can't wait to watch it. But, you know, they got to make a sequel because they just couldn't cram it all into right. 152 minutes. I don't even, like, I don't know how this one's going to end. I know how the original ends, yeah. and it doesn't lend itself to a sequel. No. <laughs> so I don't know where they're going with this. But, you know, it has that chick from um, Fifty Shades of Grey or whatever the hell it's called. Um, and I don't like her. Oh, she's, I didn't know she was in it. Yeah. I don't know. I just knew that Mia Goth and uh, Chloe Moritz were in it. Yeah, I mean, I like Chloe Moritz. Oh, and Tilda Swinton. I don't like her. You like Tilda Swinton? No. Nah. Really? Um, especially because she played the ancient one in Doctor Strange. And I, I know that pissed rubbed me off. a lot of the people the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, not only was that whitewashing, it was gender swapping. Like, two things that I just can't stand. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Anyway, but I, I, I've never really been a Tilda Swinton fan. I don't see, I don't find the allure with her. Um, and uh, Mia Goth creeps me out. So, because she doesn't have eyebrows, or that's part of it. <laughs> and the fact that she's like twenty something and she looks and sounds like a little girl. <laughs> um. Anyway, but uh, yeah. So director Luca, oh God, I always have a hard time with this one. Uh, Guadagni, Guadagnino. Come on, Nino. tap into that Italian. Those are heritage. Just, just so many consonants all packed together. <laughs> have you ever seen? This is way off topic, but have you ever seen the SNL skit with Chance the Rapper, where he he plays a Knicks reporter who is filling in for the Rangers reporter? No. <laughs> He's interviewing this guy, and he looks at the back of his jersey, and he goes, "So that's a G, an N, and a K all in a row. So that's a nope." Oh, like a nope, like I'm not going to pronounce that. Yeah, like I'm not even going to try. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it, so it's Luca Guadagnino. Sure, that seems legit. The G is probably silent. Probably, yeah. Guadagnino, yeah. Guadagnino. Okay. Yeah. So uh, he says at the beginning, uh, we we're going to do a title to the movie Suspiria Part, or t- we we're going to title the movie Suspiria Part One, but we didn't want to give the impression of something that couldn't stand alone. Truthfully, I'd be interested in to, to explore the origin of Madame Blanc and Helena Marcus, and also the future of Susie ben- Banyan in the world. So maybe we'll have to see how the movie goes. So there Take, you go. There's your sequel plot, apparently. Yeah, it's like, don't get ahead of yourself, bro. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, you know, Dario Argento, he had the, th- the Three Mothers mm-hmm. trilogy, but those movies had very little to do with each other. Like, yeah, it was like a tenuous they, link. They were a trilogy in the way that like the Cornetto movies are a trilogy. Right. Um, so I mean, to think that they could be connected that way is a bit of a reach. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, like like you're saying, the original Argento movies didn't have sequels. Um, I mean, there were there was Inferno and Mother of Tears, which are the other two three mothers films, but they had nothing to do with each other. Yeah. Um, so I don't know where he's going with this. Um, I don't personally give a shit about any of those characters. I mean, I actually, I don't even remember if those are the same names from the original films, but I have a general idea who he's talking about. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'll be impressed by it. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you'll watch it and you'll be like, I need to know more. From the, from the trailers and the pictures I've seen, it looks very, uh, Kubrick. I, yes, I totally see that. Yeah. I hadn't made that connection, but now that you say it, I totally see it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird to think that there's a uh, a Dario Argento movie coming with a Kubrick look to it. Yeah, that's strange. It's very strange. 
anyway, so we'll see how it goes. Um, here's hoping for good stuff. Could be cool. Maybe. Well, I guess we'll know in a couple months. <laughs> I don't know if we've talked about this at all, but I know we haven't talked about it much, but uh, they're, they are rebooting Spawn, Yeah, and it's Todd McFarlane himself, the man who created Spawn. He's yeah. the one spearheading this whole thing. <clears throat> uh, he's putting together a new movie that he says is going to be more horror than hero. So, yeah, that's why we're talking about it on this podcast. Uh, Jamie Foxx is your new Spawn. Right. And he's going to be fighting Hawkeye or something. <laughs> I don't know. Jeremy Renner is in it. So, Did you see Tag? Not yet. I want to. It's really funny. Yeah? Like, I, I mean, I thought it might be kind of stupid, but it's, it's actually pretty funny. I, I thought the trailers looked hilarious. So. <clears throat> uh, but they have hired a man to make the new Spawn suit. Uh, it's a young up-and-comer <laughs> in, the, in the makeup world. His name is Greg... Uh, let me see if I can pronounce this. Nico Taro. <laughs> uh, I think I've heard of him. Yeah, he uh, he works for a company called KNB. He, he's the N. <laughs> he, he works for them. <laughs> Not owns them. Right. Uh, but McFarland says, when I conceived of the story to start with, I never really thought of it as being a big special effects extravaganza because I knew we weren't going to have the budget for it. So I knew I was going to rely heavily on practical makeup and costuming, and one of the places that kept popping up was my good pal Greg Nicotero on his KNB group. And uh, he's obviously done a tremendous amount of work on dozens and dozens of movies. The sort of serendipitous part of it is that Greg was there at the beginning 20 years ago for the original Spawn movie. Yeah. I don't I don't like Nick, uh, not Nick, uh, I don't like McFarlane. Uh, McFarlane's uh, vision for this no no why uh it sounds douchey <laughs> he is picturing um spawn as a less as a how can i interpret this right he's he's putting out this thing this vibe that he's seeing spawn more as like a um presence rather than an actual being interesting yeah there was a um i mean there's nobody in the suit or well i mean clearly there is i mean that's true jamie fox Fox, uh and you know nick terrell's designing the suit so i mean there's got to be an actual spawn but there was this short fan film made um i believe it was like swedish or norwegian or something um that uh featured spawn like like it didn't really have him he was more of like i said like a like a a presence you know just an uh an entity kind of in the air um just <laughs> just kind of controlling you know the uh the 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 aura in the room rather than actually being there in a physical presence and that is kind of what I'm imagining him that McFarlane is trying to go for. Now, I used to read Spawn when I was a kid. Not 
avidly, but I, I would read it pretty pretty regularly. Um, and I always loved it, and I I loved Spawn being, you know, a superhero, but with that kind of like underworld, almost satanic, horror ish vibe to him. But just actually like last month or maybe two months ago, I was flipping through one of the recent Spawn issues uh, in the comic shop and um, it's it's just like it's become so pompous. I mean, it's just it's it's I feel like the books have gotten too far up their own ass as far as like being artistic rather than just telling a comic book story. Hmm. Um, and I kind of think that's what this is going to tra- ultimately translate to on screen. And it concerns me. Interesting. Because, I mean, like the original Spawn movie with Michael J. White and uh, John Leguizamo um, and Martin Sheen, um, those were, that was like really corny. I mean, that was like back before superhero movies really knew how to do superhero movies. Right. <laughs> um, but it was still fun for what it was. It was awesome to see Spawn on screen, you know? And as far as the suit goes, I feel like they captured it really well. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's encouraging that Nicotero is designing the suit and it seems like um, McFarlane really wants to go with a practical effects motif as much as possible. I just I'm concerned about the direction they're going with the movie itself. Yeah. Well, he says it's going to be dark and R-rated, uh, going so far as to say it would be a harder R than Deadpool. That's... Was Deadpool really that hard of an R? It really wasn't. <laughs> no. I mean, he said fuck a lot, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, and like you saw like bullets going through people. Yeah. There's a lot of blood and tits. I mean, that was the R. Yeah. And especially if you're like uh, trying to appeal to a horror crowd, being like, yeah, it's harder R than Deadpool. It's like, <laughs> so's Predator. It's like, what does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> so you say fuck one more time than him? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he also revealed that the budget for the film will be a meager 10 to 12 million, an atypical budget for a superhero film, which, you know, Avengers is like $80,000 million. Right. Uh, and but par for the course for the production house that's putting it out. Blumhouse Productions. And there's another thing that I don't like. It's interesting that uh, Blumhouse is putting out an R-rated movie. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. I mean, you know, I I feel like it's getting to a point where it might be harder for us to say that because it seems like they're putting out a lot of rated R movies lately. Maybe they finally got the hint. Well, I mean, it seems to me like there's... There's two different types of Blumhouse movies. And, you know, I'll give Tommy Blum credit for pulling this off, but he just goes, here, here's 47 shitty cookie cutter movies. Mm -hmm. And they're like, all right, well, from these 47 movies, you made $110 million. And he goes, okay, let's go make a good movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that he's giving them uh, like the he says, the budget's going to be ten to twelve million. When Blumhouse movies, by and large, are five. Yeah, I think like ten is like their max. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I mean, yeah, Blumhouse specializes 
in features from 10,000 to 10 million, or sorry, 100,000 to 10 million. So, um, and we mentioned before, Jamie Foxx is starring as, um, uh, shit, I'm totally spacing on his name. Yeah, so was I. I was hoping you would remember. It. Um, Al, Al Simmons, um, aka Spawn. And I don't know who Jeremy Renner's playing. Yeah, I don't either. I guess I, I actually didn't even know he was in it. Oh, really? That must have slipped by me. Well, now you know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. <laughs> That's it. That's it for horror business, guys. That's a wrap. We made it. We made it through the horror business of the show that is today that we are recording. At but the wait, moment. there's more. <laughs> yes, from here. Yes, Cuban beef. <laughs> From here, as we are known to do, we will talk about two movies. So let's do that right now. So do. All right, like I said, we have a selection of two films that we will be speaking about today. Right, Taylor? Yes, sir. Uh, which one do you want to start with? Let's start with Bloodfest. Maybe we should double back and find a different route. Let's keep moving. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Rule number one is don't split up. You don't think we're going to wake the dead? Maybe. There's no such thing as zombies. Bloodfest is the greatest horror event of all time. It's nice tonight to let go of the reins. You don't get a little crazy. She's the one I will lay with tonight. Wanna make a horror movie to end all horror movies? This is gonna be the best night of my life. Walsh made everything real, the monsters, everything. Oh my God, if you know the rules, you just might make it. Vampires, zombies, slashers. The clowns I found on Craigslist. We've got a dozen horror movies between us and actually surviving this mess. We need to come up with a plan. Jesus, as a virgin, I'd probably have a fighting chance. You're not a virgin. <laughs> Door. I think we're gonna be safe, all right? The windows are all secured. The door's locked. There's no way in. Excuse me. This is what horror gives us. Horror begets horror. Boom. Boom. So much blood. There's three ways a horror movie ends. One, a single hero survives. Two, no one survives. What's the third? Help us! Let's go find out. I'm sorry, but I killed your ass! Woo! My vape's dead. Perfect night. All right, so Blood Fest, not to be confused with Blood Feast. <laughs> which my fingers do every time I type it. Because <laughs> you got fat little fingers, fat little sausage fingers. And they're just thinking about eating fat. all the time. It's like, feast. <laughs> Me want food. <laughs> oh, this Wikipedia does not help at all. Oh, yeah, it's one fucking sentence. <laughs> it's literally one sentence. Yeah. Um, so Bloodfest is the story of Dax, Dax Conway. Dax Shepard. Not Dax Shepard. That guy, that kid uh, played Dax. He was, uh, he played Peter Pan in Once Upon a Time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
Well, good for him. Good for him. Uh, Robbie K. That's him. He, he's British. Of course he is. He's an actor. Everybody's British. All actors are British. Oh. All of them. <laughs> um, so yeah, Dax Conway, he's a, a young boy. <laughs> a young boy. Uh, we would. The movie starts with him as an even younger boy watching horror movies with his mom. Very blonde, which is weird. Yeah. And curly hair. Yeah. So I didn't think that casting through. But, you know, he's him and his mom are talking about why do we watch horror movies? And she, you know, explains how, you know, we watch them so that we know that it's all on the screen and yeah. it's all fake. And sitting there watching White Zombie, which is cool. Is that what it was? Yeah. Nice. Nice. But then she hears something in the kitchen. And she goes in there, and there's a guy in a mask, and he slits her throat. And so she did. She gets all slashed up. And uh, so then his dad comes in and he shoots the guy. And that's Played by our- Tate Donovan, which is he's in this movie for some reason. Uh, <laughs> wait, who is that? Uh, fuck, he was in... Um, uh, I, I knew I recognized him, but I'd, I kept looking at him being like, that's definitely not Chris McCarthy. The only movie he looks like him. The only movie that comes immediately to mind was Love Potion Number Nine, <laughs> which is a movie he did in like the early '90s with Sandra Bullock. Uh, he was in Argo. He was in Argo, and uh, Swordfish. I don't remember him in that, but sure. Uh, and Inside Monkey Zetterland. <laughs> sure, <laughs> he was in um, that. That uh, show on FX that ran for a while um, with Glenn Close, uh, Damages. He was in that, I'm pretty sure. He was in the remake of MacGyver. Good, good. I think he was MacGyver's dad. (laughs) Mr. MacGyver? (laughs) James MacGyver. (laughs) In the episode MacGyver and MacGyver. (laughs) That sounds awful. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. um, Starring Tate Donovan. (laughs) Yeah, as Dr. Conway, who, as we've flashed forward, uh, he's written these books on how terrible horror is and how it's just absolutely destroying our society and it's causing all this violence and everything because bullshit. Yeah. Uh, Enough to get people like us really fired up. Yeah. Meanwhile, Dax has grown up to be this huge horror movie fan. He's got all these movie posters all over his wall of these fake movies which all look awesome right i would watch any of those movies oh he did have one that looked like it was saw like i think he's i think i saw a poster for saw on there it's possible or maybe it was just a movie with the word saw in it that's also possible his favorite is the arborist or arbor day (laughs) right and the villain is the arborist yeah um but he's planning to go to this giant horror festival called Bloodfest. right and uh, why this isn't a real thing, I would like to know. I mean, it kind of is. Where? That uh, thing that... Oh, God, is he even doing it anymore? That thing that Rob Zombie would do. Oh, yeah. The Great American whatever. The Great American Nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was... You know, that wasn't on this scale, though, was it? Probably not this big. No, I mean, obviously we never went, but... And I think it's... It may have been a few years since he's done it. I think he probably did it twice, and I don't know that I've heard about it again. But yeah, I mean... What he would do is he had, like, I think a couple different stages, like a music festival typically would, had a bunch of fairly well-known, you know, bands. Uh, I mean, uh, his, obviously his music, um, 
they had some metal bands and like uh shit, I can't remember exactly who played, but aside from that, they had like lurkers like you'd see at um um like Halloween horror nights at Universal Studios and multiple different lands or like uh like haunted houses and in, in areas of the of the area of the I think it was typically at a fairground um that had different themes to it. So that's kind of what this reminded me of. Yeah. Basically this is it's a just a giant park. It's basically a amusement park. Right. And like Tony said, there's different areas and there's, you know, there's a clown town and there's vamp camp and there's a like a summer camp area and a werewolf area. And so e- each different area is designed for a specific subgenre of horror. Mm-hmm. And is it just one night? That's the impression I got. That's crazy. <clears throat> How can you do all that in one night? Exactly. Even if things didn't go to hell. Right. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> but so his dad is like, you know, he finds out because he's he's going on this uh, talk show and he wants Dax to come on the show with him so that they can present this united front that no one in his family would ever go to such a depraved uh, event as Bloodfest. Right. And, you know, Dax is like, oh, yeah, sure. Of course I'll do that. And so... Then his dad pulls out the the Bloodfest wristband and was like, well, then you, I guess you don't need this. Snips it in half. Snippity snap. Which is just heartbreaking. Yeah. It's tragic. But so uh, Dax is able to get into Bloodfest by calling, is is she his ex-girlfriend? I don't, I don't know. Maybe. I don't really know what the relationship here is. It's just a girl that he knows that he doesn't seem to he didn't want to like call her very much because she's an actress who is starring in a new horror movie, Hell's Nest. <laughs> right. But um, like he resents her so much because she's in this horror movie. She's going to this event that he wants to go to badly and She's doing she a knows, panel. Apparently, there's panels at this event too. Yeah, and she knows fuck all about horror movies. Yeah, she she said that she doesn't want to see the movie Seven because she, she hasn't seen one through six. six. There's a couple of good jokes there, but I don't. That was the only one I remember too. <laughs> um, yeah. So as far as their relation, it's never really made apparent. Yeah. So, but she plays topless girl number four in Hell's Nest. Right. And she's banging the director. Yeah, Lenjamin. <laughs> who is just like bohemian fucking hipster douchebag. Yeah, just constantly vaping. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they get him in. <clears throat> so him and his friends, Sam and Skrill, all go to this event. Skrill is, I mean, sorry, the, the uh, guy who plays Skrill is the guy who plays... Or n- Krill, I guess. Is, this, is it Krill? According to Wikipedia, it's Krill. Actually, yeah. Okay, that sounds right. He's he's got to plays uh, Ned in Spider Man Homecoming. Oh yeah, like Peter Parker's best friend. Just a big round Asian bundle of joy. Yeah, except in this, he's not all that happy. <laughs> not particularly. <laughs> he really hates clowns. Yeah, that's the one thing he won't do. He won't go to Clown Town. Yeah. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Good. 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 All right. So they get there, and uh, he's uh, Dax sees. Um, this just says Hinkley. What was his first name? Richard Hinkley, the guy who plays the arborist. Oh, um, 
Richard sounds right, but I don't, I don't know if that's actually right. <laughs> well, anyways, like I said, he he plays the arborist in these movies. And so he goes up and he starts talking to him. And he's like, you know, I, I love all your movies. Can you say the catchphrase for me? And he's like, no, piss off. Yeah, he's like, I don't, I don't even, I didn't even watch those movies. Yeah, apparently. I don't he, like horror movies. He, he doesn't do well with blood. Yeah. He said he would vomit after every take. And his buddy Sam, or his, yeah, it's just friend Sam, she says, she she says to him, never meet your heroes. Yeah. It's just like, you know, we've been to conven- enough conventions now where we, I think we can probably kind of relate to that mm-hmm. to an extent. So. But so then there's this big show, uh, the guy who's putting on the show, whose name is something. Ooh. Walsh. Anthony Walsh. Right. He is a... Uh, Played dr- by Owen Edgerton. Yeah, who is the writer and director of the film. Yeah. Uh, he plays a director... And he's he's the one that put on this whole sh- shebang. And so he comes up and he starts talking about, you know, what what's happened to horror? He's like, our vampires sparkle and our, you know, we've taken the dangerous and made it mundane. Right. He's like, I, I need your help to make horror scary again. He's like, so we're going to make a horror movie here tonight. And he introduces us to this guy named Red, who's got like a red kind of skeleton looking mask. And he does parkour. Parkour? <laughs> parkour. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's just looks almost like a almost like a hockey-ish mask. Or like, like a, a ho- paintball mask. Or, yeah, but like had a yeah, very distinct like skull look to it. Yeah. But I mean, other than that, it's really generic looking. It is. Like a leather jacket and a hoodie. Yep. And uh uses this um oh, fuck. Just the weapon that uh, Scorpion Mortal Kombat uses, right? Um, it's some kind of. It's like it's basically a hunting knife on a chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, a, a dagger usually, but yeah. But so he says, you know, I need, I need two volunteers to come up on stage, and Red's gonna kill you, right? <laughs> just outwardly, yeah. And so these two girls come up on stage, and yeah, Red just slashes their throats and their bellies, and. uh and then Walsh says, you know, it's all real. And then all the security guards who are all wearing these like hexagonal pig masks. You know what they look like is anybody who's into like uh, prop making or masks or helmet, like making helmets, they'll know what Pepakura is. It's a Japanese um, paper craft okay. style. But basically people will fold paper things into three-dimensional objects and then for a lot of people they'll like coat it in resin and shape it into like you know a lot of people make like stormtrooper masks or they make uh you know other props out of this paper okay so that that's what it looked like to me because it's really angular yeah so. but they're pigs right and so yeah the whole security right in front of the stage all bust out these chainsaws and they just start laying waste to the entire crowd and it's awesome yeah just so much mayhem. <laughs> Kunai, that's what it is. Sorry. That's what the paper thing is? The we- the weapon. Oh, okay. But so Sam and Krill and Dax, they're like, you know, we we can't go to the front exit because that's where everyone's going to go. So we got to go somewhere else. And they go and they hide in this storage closet. And there's a little dig at James Wan in this scene, <laughs> which I appreciated. Yeah. Uh, they hear something in the closet 
and Krill is like, don't open it. It's going to be a cat with a broom and then something's going to jump out from another direction. James Wan made a, made a career off that. <laughs> so good. <clears throat> so true. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think of how much I want, how far I want to go in this synopsis, but. Well, I mean, without getting into details, I mean, they just basically come across different, it's like traveling through different worlds in uh, your different lands in like Disneyland. Yeah. Um, but each land is a different horror subgenre. And you find out that Walsh is, he's up in this tower controlling everything. Right. And it's very cabin in the woods. Yeah, that's yeah. Those 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 the big time feel I got from this cabin in the woods mixed with um, like Great American Nightmare and um, uh, uh, Great American Campout. The Great Horror Campout. Great Horror Campout. Yeah, I mean. like if you took those real and fictional world things and put them all together, that's essentially what this was. And then it also kind of reminded me of The World's End. Because they're like, we have to go through, I think they said 12 different worlds to get to this back exit. Right. So it kind of had that world's end, you know, traveling from place to place feel. Yeah. And so, I mean, like, I don't I don't remember if you mentioned this or not, but this entire thing takes place in the middle of the woods on a 700-acre property. Yeah. Uh, so it's just this immense amount of land that they have to cover. They're, for all intents and purposes, they're at the front of the property and they have to make it to the very opposite end of the property. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the, the, the quest that they've been sent on. <laughs> yeah. And so this event, you know, it's all these different worlds that you can go to and experience what it's like to be in these horror movies. And then it also features, like we said, panels and karaoke featuring Zachary Levi. <laughs> right. Playing himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking uh, Shazam. When, uh, when they first showed him, I was wondering, I was like, is that it? Like are they just mentioning Zach Levi, but no, he actually does show up. I saw later him, as himself. You know, I was looking at the IMDb for this. Uh, I, I, yeah, I was looking at the cast list, and it saw Zachary Levi. And I'm like, oh, he's in this. And I pulled it up, and he's like, he's oh, he's playing himself. <laughs> and it's so funny because they run into him at this high school, Hotterton High School, right? And uh, there's a lot of those, mm-hmm. a lot of little homages and hat tips, but. Uh, Ashley, the girl who got the the ticket for Dax, is basically telling him how she loves him in this movie as he's sitting there tangled. That's what they were talking yeah. about. Because <laughs> he did the he did the voice of the prince in Tangled. And that's his favorite movie that she or favorite thing that he's done that she <laughs> But yeah, he's sitting here pouring his heart out about how all of his friends just died and this woman that he was in love with was murdered right in front of him. <laughs> She's just like, I love Tangled. <laughs> She's like when, you know, whatever, whatever his name was, was just standing there smoldering at Rapunzel. It's like, I got a little, uh, what? She didn't say moist, but something <laughs> something to that effect. It's like getting hot by a cartoon. <laughs> and so, yeah, they're basically, you know, going through these different, subgenres of movies all of which are being controlled by walsh and this uh you actually find out they're uh guys who think they're playing video games <laughs> right and uh made me think of arrested development when buster was in the army yeah playing the video games <laughs> and they're just like these total bros and like the guy he'll come on and he'll be like you know 
how's it going? And they'd be like, yo, these zombies move so slow. He's like, well, yeah, they're zombies. Yeah, but uh, like they don't, they're not aware that they're what they're actually doing. Like they think what they're seeing on screen is, yeah, is just, just a video just a game. game. But yeah, so I mean, I thought the interesting thing about this was that all of these creatures and monsters all had, like even though they appeared to be, you know, the creatures that we've come to fear in, in movies, they've all got like real world ex- explanations behind them. Yeah. Like like the zombies. Yeah, they're actual corpse, corpses and they're up moving around. But the way they've done it is they've sent out a wireless signal to a bunch of... Um, uh, electrodes? Electrodes, thank you. That are controlling their motor functions. Yeah. From these, and they're being controlled by these video game players, right? And then you know, I, I don't want to dig in too much, but like, there's like a a, a group of female vampires, succubi, right? And she, like, it's kind of coyly expra- explained that yeah, they're a bunch of Eastern European women brought here to America with the promises of high-paying American jobs. Uh, you sharpen their teeth into points, and you. Uh, jack them up with high pheromone levels and give them a disease that makes them sensitive to light with a craving to blood. And I, I can't remember what the, exactly that disease was. Yeah, it was but. Something started with a pH. Right. But so it's just like, yeah, they're, these are technically real monsters, but they're, they've got scientific real-life explanations right. behind them. So again, it's like having in the woods, but more grounded. Right. Exactly. Um. And, you know, there are mentions of other monsters that you never actually see on screen, but it's just like the idea that they're out there I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. And then at, at the end, the, all the um, the barriers or whatever fail, and Walsh just like, I love a good mashup. Let's just wait and see what happens. Right. I love when the, the all the fences fail and the one, the maintenance guy or something, he's like, life finds a way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many good references in this. Yeah, there were a lot of there's, them. And like there's there's specific references and there's just little homages. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an homage to Saw. There's an homage, you know, like I said, to Jurassic Park, Night of the Living Dead, obviously with the zombies. Yeah. Um Yeah. Just tons of just tropes. And it's really heavy-handed. Um, and even so as it gets nearer to the end, it becomes more predictable. I thought like, at what point did you know how the ending was, how the, how the, the, the twist ending, I guess. At what point did you know? Uh, I hope this doesn't give anything away, but when Walsh started talking about his partner. Okay. Um, so that part of it, specifically who his partner was, I didn't put that together. But the other twist that was kind of revealed at the same time, like I found that out like way before. I couldn't figure. I couldn't figure out why. Like I had no reason to explain it. But I'm just like, are you talking about the thing with red? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I that didn't. I didn't figure that out. Yeah. I'm just like I knew who it was. I just couldn't figure out why. <laughs> anyway. Um. But. Uh, is is full of tropes and it gets really predictable, but I think I feel like that was the point. I don't know if predictability was the point, but the tropes were definitely the point. Yeah. 
Like, I mean, the movie was designed to be familiar. Yeah. Well, like so, you, you know, you have all these different genres, and it's cl- they're clearly, you know, playing into the tropes and the the um, cliches of these genres. And you know, Dax is talking about we have to follow the rules because that's actually something Walsh says. Mm-hmm. He says if you follow the rules, you just might make it through the night. Right. And so there's always, you know, it's very scream in that, you know, there's these specific rules you have to follow. Don't split up and don't get naked. Yeah. And it's funny, though, because in this tower, you know, he's got, he's, what he's doing, he's creating the ultimate horror movie. Yeah. That's what he's, that's what his part in all this is, is he's a director creating the ultimate horror movie shown around these real people being slaughtered. And he's got he's like he's got a film editor in the tower editing on the fly. Yeah, um, and you know he talks about he's telling him that like there is no way out, like they're trapped. And he's like and this editor is like, well, why wouldn't you tell them? Or why would you tell them that they could have a chance to get out? He's like, if I were to tell you that you were trapped and there was no way out and you were going to die, what would you do? He said, how would you feel? How would you feel? And he, he said, despair. Despair. And he said, okay, what if I told you that if you did everything right, if you followed all the rules, uh, and you, you went through all the motions the way that you're supposed to, that you might actually have a chance? Then how would you feel? And he said, I think it motivated, I think he said. Yeah, because Wall says motivation, what every character needs. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's... So, essentially, this whole park has been... Or this this event has been planned with no real escape yeah because they've got barricades up like a fucking high maximum security prison um and uh there's no way out but the people inside have been given the impression that there is right so so yeah, i mean that as far as dax and his friends that's kind of become their goal is to find a way out because they secretly know that there is one yeah because ashley since she's part of the show she knows about this back exit right um yeah so i had a lot of fun with this one i did too i really enjoyed it yeah it's you know like with all the homages and hat tips and stuff it reminded me a lot of Shaun of the dead sure because it you know again Shaun of the dead does a lot of those kind of clever hat tips where it's not super blatant mm-hmm. and it's not like ripping something off but it's clearly an homage yeah um and then, like I said, you know, Cabin in the Woods meets the world's end. It's, you know, it's almost like a road movie, but it's all centrally located. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just taking the horror genres and turning them on their head. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, all the all the characters, it's like, you know, when you, when you see a movie like, like this, where there's somebody who's kind of in the know about what's going on, it almost becomes a trope in itself for the person to just know, okay, well, that's our next step, so we need to do that, or we need to not, not do that. That that wasn't very heavy-handed in this, which I appreciate. Yeah. Because that gets really boring. Yeah. Um, you know, when you, when you... I'm trying to think of a movie where that is a thing. Like, um, oh, like, um, like Ruin Me. When we were watching that, and I can't remember the character's name, but the guy who, uh, who has done all these like escape rooms and you know sleepover things, and he like Pitch. he knows what Pitch was that his name? Yeah, 
yeah, he like he knows all the tricks of the of the trade and all that stuff. It's like okay, I, I get that. I, I I know that person, but it's like it's boring. Like like I can do without him. I can do without this character, or I could do without him being so over the top. Just like oh, I know what I'm doing. That kind of thing, right? And that did, that wasn't really in this. I mean, it's like yeah, Dax and his friends—they're horror fans. They know about horror movies and horror tropes. But it doesn't let them. It doesn't prevent them from falling into error or being attacked. Or yeah, anything. it doesn't give them some kind of immunity. Yeah. <clears throat> so immunity. <laughs> what the hell are immunities? Um. Yeah. So it was, it was a good time. A good romp, you might it's, say. It's not what I expected. Like I didn't know a lot going into it. Um, I thought it was like a music festival that turned into a slaughter. Mm. I didn't realize that it was this horror festival. I know um, I'd heard the title, but I actually hadn't even read into it. And so, I mean, walking like the most that I had known about the movie before I actually started watching it was the description in in the VOD VOD screen. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, and this is uh, it's produced by Rooster Teeth Productions, which is that they do a lot of podcasts. Okay. And the name sounded really familiar. I think they might do like video series too. But um, I believe this might be their first movie. I saw that Owen Edgerton had done like maybe one other feature and a short, I think. Seems like he did a lot of other stuff like writing or something. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, I, I thought this was a lot of fun. Um, I think the it it did get a little repetitive. Yeah, I would have liked to see some more expansion on the different areas. Yeah, they seem like those were breezed past a little too fast. Because, well, yeah, like I said, I think they say in the beginning that there was like twelve different ones that they had to go through, and I think you end up seeing like three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's like up in the tower, you know, when when uh, Walsh, yeah. Is like looking over the shoulder of this film editor or his um, his security person, um, like basically making sure making sure that certain doors stay locked and stuff. Looking over their shoulders at the camera and stuff like that. Um, you know, he you hear him mention other elements of <clears throat> these different locations, but you don't really ever see him on. Yeah, screen. like he says something about a yeti. Right. He's like, oh, he's eating her face. Yeah. And it's just like you know, it, it's it's fun to hear him just mention those kinds of things. Like, no, okay, in the background, this stuff's going on. But it also would have been nice to actually see some more of that going on. Yeah, um, yeah. A lot of these, you know, this immense seven hundred acre lot with all these different areas to walk through, and like you said, you only see a fraction of them. Yeah, and most of those only for a little while. Um, you know, I feel like they could have sp- st- stood to make the movie another you know, fifteen minutes longer to kind of expand on those things a little more. Yeah, couple stingers, so stick with it through the middle of the credits and to the end. Oh shit! What's at the end? Oh, you missed it. Yeah, I only uh, watched the. Fr- I only saw the first one. I'll tell you later. Oh shit! It's not. Okay. It's not too much, but. Um. Yeah. You got anything else? Um, I think that about covers it. 
Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with an eight. I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking seven or eight. I wasn't sure about eight. But I was gonna see how you how you rated it, but I did not expect to like this as much as I did. It it was a lot of fun. I mean, was it? And it, it's built as a horror comedy. I didn't think it was that funny. Like it has funny moments for sure, sure. but I I didn't think it. I would don't think I would classify it as a comedy. No, I mean it had comic relief. Yeah, and it was kind of. It wasn't like just full of dread, like a lot of horror, like a horror, like a lot of horror movies might be. Um, it was a little more lighthearted, but it wasn't funny. Yeah. Um, that's not just, but that's not to say that you know, like the jokes didn't land. Sure. Yeah. You know, when there is a joke, it, it's funny. Right. But it just doesn't feel like there's enough actual comedy to classify the movie as a horror comedy. Yeah. But I don't know, like I said, the comedy that was there worked. Yeah, and I mean. Above all, it was fun to watch. Like I said, you know, there were, at least for me, there were times when it kind of became a little predictable, but I f- kind of felt like that was just part of it. Yeah. It didn't It didn't take away from me enjoying the movie. So. Cool. I dug it. Yes, sir. So that's uh, basically anywhere on VOD. Nowhere. Can't, didn't look like you could stream it anywhere where you might Not have a subscription. But, yeah, I mean, Amazon... Um, Google, Google Play, Play well, YouTube, I think. Um, YouTube and Google Play are the same thing. That's that's true. Anyway, any of those paid streaming services, it should be there. And it's uh, it's five bucks, right? I think it was was it five? I paid like I paid four ninety nine on Google Play. I think I paid five ninety nine on Amazon. Oh, well, whatevs, dollar, yeah. Whatever. Anyway, so okay, uh, next up. We're we'll talking about the movie we were going to talk about last episode, but uh, like we said, we called an audible. Um, but uh, this is a 2017 movie, uh, the sequel to Wolf Cop. This is another Wolf Cop. Woodhaven has more than it can handle. Think we'll see any action tonight? Oh, Scott, you need to learn. In this job, it's not about looking for action; it's about preventing it. Merry Christmas. More violence. More sex. Is that my sister? <laughs> More liquor. More explosions. More donuts. More hair. More hockey. You're a wolf. Oh, I think you're missing the bigger issue here, though. That's where I can see him. Did we mention chicken milk? Slam a cold guy. What do you know about shapeshifters? Reptilioid dudes, man. Smells like old people. More blood. Damn it, Daisy. Did we mention explosions? Now, more than ever, Woodhaven needs dirtier, hairier, another wolf cop. Someone stole our donuts. Brought to you by Liquor Donuts and Wolf Cop Lager. Brood Angry. All right, so Another Wolf Cop is a movie that came out originally last year. Um, we saw it actually earlier this year for the first time at the Boneback Comedy of Horrors Festival here in Seattle. Truth. Um, and, uh, I mean, we'll start at just we had a lot of fun with it, I think. I mean, Bone Bat was fun. I mean, we talked about it on the show, I think. Um, Steve and uh, Gord put on a good show. 
So check them out if you're ever in Seattle in what? It's like April, I think it was. April or May, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's when we originally saw this, but and we would have liked to talk about it, but we already had our schedule pretty much maxed out at the time, um, so we didn't get a chance to talk about it then, but we had a free week, or a free episode here, so now we're going to talk about it. And it just came out on like VOD and, and Blu-ray and stuff just like a month ago, right? I think so. Yeah. So I think like right around, probably about two weeks ago when we were going to do it. So. Okay, so... So we're not a little, we're not too far behind the curve. Um, anyway, so another Wolf Cop, like I said, is a sequel to Wolf Cop that we actually talked about before on the show. Um, it's written and directed by Lowell Dean, uh, who did the first one as well. As well. Um, so this one picks up, uh, I guess, not kind of an indeterminate amount of time after the first one, right? Yeah, they don't really say. Um, and uh man, this Wikipedia article shit too. <laughs> All right, well, fuck it, we'll do it live. Um Okay, so for anybody that hasn't seen Wolf Cop, I won't go into too much detail, but basically the first one, uh we have Officer Lou Guru, who is an um is is on the wood wood Haven. Woodhaven, thank you. Um, Police force in Canada, uh, and um, he's a drunk, (laughs) and he's also a wolf cop. Yes. Um, I mean, in the first one, you see how he becomes a wolf cop. Right. And I won't go over over that too much. If you want to hear that, go listen to our wolf cop review. Um, But to say he, he fought against a overtaking of shape-shifting lizard people illuminati right um and um so now he's living in a world post that but he's still a wolf cop um anyway so starts out where he or he's in a chase with uh people trying to deliver a package to headquarters this is around christmas time one of them's dressed like santa uh, and the package is like a big Christmas present, and he's chasing him down in the Wolfmobile. Is that the name for it? Was that's that just... what they call it? Yeah. Okay. Um, that's what Willie calls it anyway. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, so he finally uh, gets on top of him, <laughs> kills all of them. <laughs> My favorite part of that is at this point, Wolf the Wolf Cop has become this kind of urban legend, right? Uh, in this town and you know a lot of people say oh there's no such thing as the wolf cop but then like the the convenience store has wolf cop branded toques and sunglasses and all everything else yeah it's it's a toque and gitch yeah uh combo um and his his former partner tina who is now i'm tina i'm tina uh she's now the chief of police right and and she's the only one who really knows that he's real her new partner is talking about the wolf cop, and she's telling him, like, there, there is no wolf cop. Right. You have a better chance of seeing Santa Claus. And then right at that moment, this van drives by <laughs> with Santa Claus driving. Right. And the wolf cop, I think he was on the roof at that point. Yeah, yeah. So he's, like, basically crawling on the roof of this uh, delivery van, trying to get these four, guy, four guys inside the van. Um, and uh, 
Yeah, he manages to kill all four of them. He just maims the just, shit just, out of he, them. He rips their heads off and just makes a mess out of everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just pulls it into the uh, the police department uh, parking lot. Um, and so, yeah, it, like when it pulls in, you know, Tina and Scott, was that her partner's name? Oh, God, I don't remember. Um, you know, they, they see the van and they see it's covered in blood. Um, and there are just like these disembodied heads inside the van. Um, and you know, Tina knows what's going on. She knows it's Lou, but she's like, okay, well, you know, tape off the area, you know, make sure you, you know, you keep the witnesses down, you know, try and keep this quiet. Don't make a big mess out of it. Um, and do everything by the book. And then she goes off to looks I think it's a like a an abandoned pet kennel or like a like a animal shelter or something. Yeah. Where Lou has kind of made that like his new home. Yeah, because uh, of the door locks. So when he is supposed to be shaping shape shifting into the wolf cop, they can lock him in there. Right. But apparently it doesn't hold him. Yeah. Um, so he's sitting in there, she comes pissed off um that he was out and about when he should have been locked up. Um, he's sitting there <laughs> with the Santa hat on his dick, right? Uh, she comes in, she's like, Where the hell are your pants? and like hanging up on the wall, and it's got a big shotgun blast in it because that new deputy had shot him in the leg. Yeah. Um, Daisy, Daisy, right? Ironically, <laughs> Daisy, Tina, I space it. references everywhere, <laughs> all over the place. Um, Anyway, so, okay, this tag on it has this um, cryptic writing on it that is that reminds both he, he and Tina of the stuff they saw with the lizard people. And so they're just like, okay, well, Tina says, okay, we'll keep this quiet until we know who to trust. This is our home base. Um, and just, you know, keep an eye on the package until we can figure out what's going on. Um. The next morning, Tina and Lou are trying to clean up the scene at the police station, and Mayor Kevin Smith, yeah, <laughs> comes and uh, just he's he seems like he's kind of on to Lou. He he definitely seems to know that they're like he knows the Wolf Cop is real, and yeah, he definitely suspects that Lou is is the Wolf Cop. Yeah, he does kind of a Batman thing where he's like, "Don't you think it's odd that we never see?" The wolf cop and Lou grew in the same place at the same time. It's just like <laughs> and he, a simple explanation would be like, yeah, there are a lot of people you don't see the same time as, <laughs> as a wolf cop. Um, and his name is Bubba, right? <laughs> and and what is he wearing? Fucking hockey jersey, right? Hockey <laughs> jersey and a long jacket because it's Kevin Smith, right? Um, and a one of those weird hats with the fl- furry sides that right. fold up. <laughs> Uh, so he tells Tina that, um, Dark Star, this, this shady corporation, uh, that you don't really know the origin of has decided to, um, you know, give this town a shot of life, um, and reopen the brewery and arena, hockey arena. Yeah. Why are there not more arenas slash breweries? That is amazing. (laughs) I mean, would you watch hockey games? Maybe <laughs> if there was uh, on-site brewery, yeah, maybe. maybe. 
Um, yeah, and so they are reopening the brewery and um, making their own special stout chicken milk. Yeah, slam a cold cock. <laughs> and boy, does that sound refreshing. Because uh, their their CEO, uh, Sydney Swallows, <laughs> uh, decided said that uh, at Dark Star, they're infusing his uh, ability to be awesome. To be a winner. Yeah, into the beer. And so everybody should drink it. Yep. That's the reasoning. He's just this motivational speaker, apparently. Yeah. Uh, but he also appears to be secretly one of the lizard people who are slowly making their way back into Woodhaven uh, to take over again. Why Woodhaven? I don't know. Yeah, like throughout the movie, they're like, why Woodhaven? And they just never actually offer an yeah. explanation. Um, so, yeah, there's just this conspiracy starting and like uh, Lou opens up the package that he took off this delivery truck. Um, and it's full of lime jello. Yeah, it's just full of this green slime. And from that green slime sprouts his buddy Willie, who hey. we thought was dead. Spoiler we thought alert. was a lizard person. Yeah, well, yeah. We, in the last movie, you discovered Willie was actually a lizard person. But now that's kind of covered up in that he was actually abducted and replaced by a lizard person. Yeah. So. Willie was not around for the entire events of the first movie. <laughs> um, and so he's completely like, he doesn't even know Lou is a wolf cop. Yeah. <laughs> like, I keep calling a wolf cop instead of just a werewolf. <laughs> um, well, because, I mean, Willie even says, hey, you're a wolf cop. Right. Um, I think you're missing the point. <laughs> <laughs> the wolf part. Uh, anyway, so, I mean, Willie's back, and now he's like, you know, become familiar with the situation very quickly. <laughs> and uh, what are some other major points? The the little dude that comes out of his belly? Yeah, I mean, like, people are sprouting shit from their stomach. Well, I guess it's mainly just Willie at first, but he sprouts this thing from his gut that looks like a big dick with a face on it. Yeah, with, with a little mustache. Right, yeah, it looks like a miniature little dick-shaped version of himself yeah um that talks to him yep <laughs> and they smoke weed together yep. <laughs> um like i think i probably said this about the first movie but willie's the best part about this movie yeah he's just fucking hilarious although he, he talks with that like down south drawl even though he's up in like saskatchewan Manitoba or something yeah um anyway so, um, there's this robot guy for some reason that never really gets explained. Right. Yeah. Like, um, he looks like the underminer. The underminer. From the Incredibles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Frank, he goes in and just lays to waste everybody in this fucking strip club. Yeah. Club fuck. Club fuck. <laughs> Um and yes, so uh, basically, just Lou and Tina and Willie are trying to figure out uh, this kind of conspiracy behind Dark Star and the hockey team and the arena and the brewery and and you know what Bubba's involvement is with this and there's just it's kind of almost like a the the the, the storyline reads like some fucked up weird crime drama, yeah, or like you know like a detective story, but it's you know it's got elements of you know, 
sci-fi Were- sci-fi werewolves uh you know just a bunch of different shit just thrown in it's kind of like a grab bag of like fantasy stories yeah um yeah i mean that's that's kind of the general gist of it i won't give away a lot of details about the plot itself because i feel if i if i talk too much about it, it's just going to start giving away the story it's so sure um yeah what do you think i definitely liked it better than the first one i did too i know um looking back at our review of the first one I, th- I think we were a little hard on it. We may have been. I think part of that was that it was so hyped up. Yeah. I, so I, I think we our expectations may have been a little too high. And I also, like, at least speaking for myself, I didn't expect it to be as schlocky as it was. Like you, a movie called Wolf Cop, you definitely expect some level of schlock and camp. Sure. But it's it's off the charts. Yeah, yeah. This one doesn't seem like I really wanted to go back and watch the first movie, and I, and I just didn't have time to do it. Um so I'm really operating off of memory here. But this one seemed like it was less schlocky. It was more organized. Yeah, that was uh, both of our big complaint about the first one was that um, the story kind of took a walk at parts. Yeah. And it was just like, hey, buddy. <laughs> focus, focus. <laughs> um, yeah, this one, it seemed like it was, like I said, more focused. It had a better idea of the story it was trying to tell and in what way it was going to tell it. And it was just, it was more interesting. Like the, the, the elements of it were more appealing. Yeah. Like the humor was funnier. The, the violence was more entertaining. Uh, I mean, just like the over the top blood and guts and stuff. The transformation scene when he just rips off his face. Right. So good. And I remember that being my, I mean, aside from Willie, like as far as effects go, that being my favorite part about the original. Yeah. And the first one, though, I think they only did like his arms and legs and his dick. Yeah. His dick literally literally exploded into a wolf dick. A wolf dick, which was, I mean, different because it wasn't in the first movie. He was, his hair, his dick was all covered in hair. Yeah. Or fur. This one, it wasn't. At least not the tip. Yeah, the tip was like a bright pink. Yeah. But then the actual shaft, I think it was like a purple. It was gross. It was gross. <laughs> Just like this giant fucking horse dick. Um, or wolf dick. Wolf dick. Well, wolf dick would be like... Little, know, one of the little things here. Little red rocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just hanging down. Like... Yeah, and this one he rips off his face. Yeah, it that just was so cool. Pulls it off like a sweater. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's, I mean, so the effects were really good. Like er- everything that was good about the first one was like fine tuned in this one. I think. Yeah. Like they 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 knew what was good about the first one and knew how to make those elements better while kind of downplaying the stuff that was a little weaker i guess they actually seem to learn from their mistakes which a lot of filmmakers don't do right i mean like i think if i can remember correctly one of the my complaints about the first one was the acting like it didn't strike me as the acting being all that great it was a lot better in this one like even like i think my biggest complaint for as far as acting goes was for lou like i didn't like i can't remember his name the actor's name but leo fafard right uh in the first one i feel like I remember him being like kind of bad, like a bad actor, like just really unbelievable on screen. Well, like I think in the first one, a lot of it is they, the actors kind of were hokey on purpose. 
And I, th- I think that again, it was, you know, they were trying to be so schlocky that they were just like, go over the top with everything. Yeah. And they, they realized that it was like, it was too much. And so this one, they were kind of like, you know, we're going to do the schlock, but play it straight. Yeah. But I mean, like even still, like certain elements of the act acting in the first one were kind of weak, but it seemed like Lou, especially, uh, he had kind of grown as an actor. Like he did much better on screen than he did in the last yeah. one, I thought. Um, now, I think my, uh, probably my biggest complaint about this was that the movie's called Another Wolf Cop. It's supposed to be about Lou. And it seemed like he didn't have a whole lot of screen time. Yeah. It seemed like he was kind of like a... It was much more of kind of an ensemble this time. Yeah, which, you know, isn't necessarily bad. Sure. But it's like, you know, I go into this expecting this is going to be werewolf action, you know, scene after scene, and it just really really wasn't that way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Lou himself was only... I mean, he was in most of the movie, but there were parts where it's just like, where's where's our main character here? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know he's around here somewhere. And you don't get another wolf cop. No. Just, 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 the, just, just the, the one. Just the wolf cop, yeah. You do get a were-cat, though. Yes. And in the first one, you had a scene of a human woman having sex with the wolf cop. In this one, you get the human man having sex with the were-cat. Right. Which is weird. It was weird. I'm not like the other way. It was better, but... Uh, and I mean, I won't get into detail about that scene, but just like, that's something that's on screen now. <laughs> like in your future acting jobs, people are going to reference back to that. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you know, people have done shameful things on screen and this is probably not one of the worst things I've seen, but it's just like, that's that's part of your career now. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. It's all in good fun. It was funny. It was. It was gross, but it was funny. The part where he goes down on her was <laughs> that was that was icky, raunchy. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, so the we we have the old story from the first movie to play off on, but it wasn't so heavy handed in this one. It wasn't really, you know, the whole backstory of the shapeshifters and how they're presence in the town goes back generations and you know all this this stuff didn't come too much into play um which i thought was good because i felt like there was maybe elements of that in the first one that could have been dialed back a little bit because it was just too much it it took up too much of the story i thought yeah this this one like it it definitely has little callbacks to the first one and like continuations of stories from the first one but it also does a good job of standing on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's not something where you're going to be confused if you didn't see the first one. Right. Um, I had a thought and now it's gone. Hmm. Shoo. Anyway. Uh, There's a brief little cameo from the director of Pool Party Massacre. Oh, yeah. Like real brief. Yeah. Like five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Drew Marvick, I think is his name. Right. Um, You'll know him because he's got the great big bushy beard. Right. It's epic beard. I love that beard. It's a good beard. <laughs> um, 
God, anything else, anything else to talk about? I mean, I, I feel like I'm just being redundant saying that it was just, it was, it was a lot more organized than the first one. And because it had all those good things about the first one in this that were a little more fine-tuned and tailored um, to be, to make just a, a smoother running film, that this was much more entertaining than the first one. Yeah. I mean, it's still schlocky as fuck. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, you can take that as a compliment or an, or an insult, depending on how you view schlock. Yeah. But it's not it's not a movie that's taking itself seriously and comes across schlocky. Like, it's intentionally schlocky. Right. It's called fucking Wolf Cop. Like, right. <laughs> it's, it, not only is it called Wolf Cop, it's called Another Wolf Cop. Yep. Not Wolf Cop 2 or Wolf Cop The Reckoning. Wolf, wolf cop, cop returns. <laughs> Another wolf cop. Yeah. Uh, and the fucking movie poster is a take on co- like the stolen movie Cobra. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I mean, pretty much you see that and you know right away that it's it's a a joke. You know. <clears throat> One thing I didn't understand is there's a scene where he's fighting these robots, or I guess it's it's alluded to that they're robots, but they all like bleed, and have like muscles that you see get exposed yeah and, i don't know maybe they're just and like, die that part isn't really expanded on much no i was really confused during that whole scene and that scene lasts a while <laughs> but it's okay it's whatever yeah i mean it's it's sweet yeah. like there's awesome gore throughout the entire movie right <clears throat> uh yeah definitely gory and you know practical effects lots of blood yeah um so, I mean, I don't want to just start repeating myself. I guess. Do you have anything else to add? Uh, there, what at the end there was a little stinger that said that they're making another one. So, which I hope they do. If they can continue on this trend, like even if the even if the next one is this good, um, I'm excited to see it. If it's even better, then great. Yeah. And like I said, I feel like. You know, I can only speak for myself, but I feel like I was too hard on it on the first one. Um, I gave it a four. I what did I give it? You give it a five. Uh, okay. I probably would have given it a, a five or maybe even a six if you know going into it, the situations were a little different. Like I said, I think it was a little overhyped, um, and so I maybe I was expecting something better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I've said it before, there are films that, that we've reviewed that I really wish we could go back and re-review. Mm-hmm. It's because I know that I, especially our early shows, I mean, Wolf Cop was just, what, like a year or two ago? Um, I was it was 2015. Okay, so fairly early on in the show. Yeah, whatever. But, you know, there was a time, especially early on when we were just getting started, where it felt like we had to be like these hard-nosed critics. It's like, who the fuck do we think we are? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was 2015. Um, So, I mean, you know, you may have noticed that we've become a little... Like, if you compare our early on shows where we were very, like, analytical and, like, talked about, like, you know, the elements of the film that, you know, didn't work and that kind of stuff and just thought it's like okay well if we rate this is too highly it's gonna make us sound like we're marks but <laughs> um we're a little more laid back nowadays yeah i mean we're still fairly critical compared to some other we have expectations of horror yeah as any good horror critic should be i'm sorry or should have when people just like absolutely 
eat up everything that has the horror sticker on it. I'm like, how can I trust your opinion if you think everything's amazing? Right. And it's like, you know, people are like, I'm seeing a lot of people say that the nun is good. And just like, it's like, no, I I don't need to see it to know that it's not good. The reviews I've seen have been not good. (sighs) Anyway, but, um, yeah, I, the Wolf Cop is one of those movies where I feel like if I watch it again and re-review it, probably be less harsh about yeah, I it. Yeah, f- I feel like knowing what you're getting into going into it is what it will probably make it more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, I guess just sum up. This was. Uh, more of the good stuff that was in the first one, um, you know, added on top of kind of a refinement of, you know, maybe a touch of the things that didn't work so much. They kind of figure out a better way to do them. Yeah, much tighter story. Yeah. Um, Smith is fucking over the top, but. Yeah, I mean. That's Kevin Smith. <laughs> Kevin Smith is playing Kevin Smith. More like or he's less. He's not really doing a character. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, when he's like, slam a cold cock. <laughs> Um, and I love the uh, what's Swallow's first name? Sydney. <laughs> there's like throughout the whole movie, it's just he's just Sydney Swallows. But there's one point I don't even remember who the character is. It might be Willie, or it might just be like some background character. But they just go <laughs> Swallows. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the only kind of joke about it. <laughs> yeah, there's a little like just a bunch of tiny little jokes like. Just quick one second things. Like there's this one point where at the hockey game, like near the end of the movie, the uh the an, the announcer and the organist or, organo. Yeah. <laughs> um, he uh really he did the soundtrack for both movies. Okay. I mean he he is an actual musician in, in, in real life. Yeah. Um and uh Willie breaks into the organist's room and he starts, you know, like Yelling at him, like, because he's he's kind of enacting the the master plan. And he's like, got a gun pointed at him. He's like, "What are you doing? You, you stop this! And why aren't you wearing any pants?" <laughs> and it just shows him sitting in his organ, with, just in his boxers. It's just quick shit like that. It's like it makes no sense. Yeah, it's like why? Yeah, why doesn't he have pants on? <laughs> That's your fucking name, oregano. <laughs> so, um, okay, yeah, I'm. I'm I know I'm going to start repeating myself soon if I haven't already. So I'll just say that it was uh, a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoyed this definitely more than the first one. Um, and I'm excited to see uh, the next one should that become a thing. Um, I'll give it a seven. Yeah, I was I was going to say since you know I said if I were to go back and do Wolf Cup again with hindsight, I would probably give it a five, maybe a six. And since I like this one better, if I'm going to give that one a six, then I got to give this one a seven. Well, there you go. There you go all the way home. Here we go again on our own. Going down the only road we've ever known. Okay. That's going to wrap it up. That is the end of episode 118 of the Grave Plot Podcast, guys. We did it. Yay. Did you have a good time, Taylor? I did. Two thumbs up. Great success. Um, did you, do your thumbs do that? No, I don't have Hitcher's thumb. That's gross. 
I I went to a school with a guy whose thumb like literally stood straight up and the tip like went like that. It was disgusting. That's vile. Yeah, you should just cut his thumbs off <laughs> for him. Just just fix fix that. <laughs> um, yeah, and he, like he would really emphasize it like on purpose too. Like he could just gone like that. I think. God, we had a whole conversation about this with Lynn's family. I think all of them, except for like one of her sisters, has Hitcher's thumb. Really? I mean, mine's not too bad. No. But this guy, like, he was seriously just like, like that. It was fucking gross. You should wear like one of those casts that just goes over <laughs> your thumb so you can't bend his thumb at all. You, just, you don't keep, get to you bend keep your thumb. Right there. <laughs> You've lost that privilege. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, so. We're going to be back in a couple weeks, right? Yeah, we are. <laughs> We're going to be watching fucking Mandy, and I am stoked. Oh, right. Yes. Fucking Nick Cage at his cagiest. Probably. Yes, sir. Oh, I'm so fucking jacked <laughs> to watch it. Oh, Nick Cage with a battle axe. <laughs> uh, and the Predator. Right. Oh, we got to go to a theater to see that. I hate going to theaters. I know, because there's other people there. Yeah, especially... Other people are the fucking worst. I know, especially because I don't have my movie pass anymore. Yeah. Cancel that shit. This job would be great if it wasn't for the fucking customers. (laughs) Clerks. Kevin Smith. It's a theme. It comes around. Circle. The old, like, reach around. (laughs) Okay, so, yeah. Mandy and the Predator in a couple weeks, guys. Um, If you would like to join us online... Taylor, where can they go? They can go to graveplotpodcast.com, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast players, uh, leave us a rating and a review, and then send us an email. Let us know you did. Tony will send you a free magnet. I will. They are they are the best magnets, and I know magnets. They're from they're from the homie Lance. Yeah, thanks, Lance. Uh, you can uh, check us out on Facebook and Instagram as Grave Plot Podcast, or in our Facebook group, The Graveyard. Follow us on Twitter at grave underscore plot. And if you feel like getting exclusive content and uh, I almost said controlling the show. (laughs) Um, We control the show. uh, Contributing to the show monetarily, head over to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. And of course, uh, if you can help us out on Indiegogo uh, and help make the Graveplot Film Fest the best fest in the West. (laughs) Sorry. Stop that. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, the best fest in the world. <laughs> but I mean, like Taylor said, bring it, money. <laughs> if you want to put in your film, uh, your short film, please do. Uh, you're more than welcome. 50, 50 minutes or less horror themed, uh, preferably uh, in English, either either subbed or dubbed. Um, and, uh, you know, don't uh, be sure to send us your film. If you do, it would really help us out if you just even donated a dollar to the Indiegogo. Yeah. It's just, not required, but it would be very helpful. Um, it so. might go a long way with the drudges, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do not accept bribes. Um, yeah. So, greatplotfilmfest.com. Yes. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you again next time. Right? Yep. I'm going to be hitting the old dusty trail. <laughs> and uh, and be sure, I mean, after next week, like we mentioned earlier, we're going to be starting October-rama very soon. So New episodes every week. You're going to be so fucking sick of us. <laughs> um, I'm already sick of us. Uh, and if you're a patron out there or want to be, I know we weren't going to announce this quite yet, I don't think, right? 
What? I don't know where you're going with this. Uh, uh, Patreon pick. Oh, yeah, go for it. Okay, so I mean, every if you are a newer fan to the show or a newer listener, maybe you're not. Maybe you're not a fan. Maybe you just listen. Maybe you listen to us and don't actually like us. If you've made it through this episode, <laughs> <laughs> this rambling fucking mess for two hours. Um, I've been trying to end the show for half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was it? Oh, so. Octoberama, every October leading up to Halloween, we do a new episode every single week, um, alternate between full length and mini-sodes, um, but every week we do a different theme. Uh, starting out, we do Week of the Zombie. Uh, no, th- Vampires first. Sorry, Week of the Vampire. Then we do Week of the Zombie, which is typically our annual anniversary, or annual anniversary, <laughs> our anniversary episode every year. Um, this year's going to be five goddamn years, you guys. So long. We've been doing this so long. Why? <laughs> We've been doing this so long. We're not any better. <laughs> um, but uh, so we've got. This year we're doing week of the zombie. Sorry, week of the vampire, week of the zombie, week of the alien. Yeah, the third week is always a, a different week every year. That's a floating week. Um, we've got a list that we pick from. Mm-hmm. So this, yeah, this year we're doing alien. Now, as a special offering to since, our, since there's five weeks in October, there's this month. so many weeks in October. <laughs> we're opening the ground, the uh, the the portal up for our patrons to pick the theme of week four. Uh, so that's going to be up to our patrons. If you want to join the club, are we doing this at $1? Yeah. Okay. So even $1 a month donation to our patrons or our Patreon, uh, you get to help pick the theme for week four of Octoberama. And then after that, of course, is our uh, Halloween episode. Yep. And that's how we'll finish out Octoberama. And this year it's actually going to air on Halloween. Yay! Halloween. So we'll be watching Halloween. Naturally. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how if in five years we haven't done that yet, but I know you would think the math would have, but I don't know. Whatever. whatever. Anyway, so, um, but do catch us in a couple weeks, like I said before, Mandy and the Predator. Until then, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. <laughs>